Well, good evening, everybody. This is the Picnic Table Chat Show, episode six, I believe. I've actually forgotten at this exact point. But we're going to start with a little bit of an open mic night tonight. So if you want to jump on, you're more than welcome to. Just let me know, and I shall put the invite in the chat link, and you can just jump on. We'll have a little chat, have like 10-minute interview or something, whatever you really want. Um, yeah, you know how it works. So what's everyone been up to? I've had loads going on lately. Um, I've got some new colonies. I was just talking about my former colony. I actually kept them, um, well, I kept them out of the stock that I'm selling, obviously, because um, on the website I've got my formica. Um, and I, I couldn't help myself. I've wanted a colony of formica for ages now, and I couldn't help myself. So I decided to keep a colony. They're really active, really cool. Um, they're definitely one of my favorite species at the moment. Um, more than I expected that I'd enjoyed them. They're just really active, like we were saying earlier, really inquisitive, um, just a great species to watch, you know. So that's kind of what's been going on my end. I've had a few losses, as we know, my Mimica uh, uh, Rubida, my, yeah, my Rubida passed away um, about a week ago. My queen died, which is a bit of a shame, um, but the workers are still going, so I'm carrying on feeding them and whatnot. I've had a bit of a move about in the ant corner as well, and I've now got four whole shelves completely free. So I'm going to be filling them again very soon. Uh, Risaf, did I get the Fugax, however we pronounce it? I can't even remember. We, we went through this last week. I'm sure we did. And everyone told me how to uh, pronounce it. And, yeah, uh, I haven't got them. Obviously, I've got them there to sell, but I haven't got them like, in my own colony yet. I'm very, very tempted. But I'm, I'm also being very careful with what I do add because I wanna I wanna fill that leftover space really carefully with colonies that I'm you know gonna treasure for a long time. Uh, hello, Ant Warrior. Thanks for joining in. Okay, okay, Reseth. I I will look into it. How about that? How about that? I'll speak to the wife basically. Uh, who else have we got? We've got Ants of Pembrokeshire. Hello. Welcome. I don't think you've come in very often to the stream, so welcome and thanks for joining. We have Adam Wiggin. He said earlier that he usually catches the streams not live, but listens to them after. So a massive welcome to Adam. We've got Stacey. We've got Katrina. Um, All Ants UK. Reseth. I'm just going through it. If I haven't said your name, I'm very sorry, but hello, everybody, and thank you very much for joining on this amazing night. What night is it? It's Sunday Easter night. Has everyone had a good Easter? What's everyone been up to? Have you been eating tons of chocolate? I've been eating quite a bit of chocolate and I didn't even get any Easter eggs, but my kids did. Ha 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 ha. As soon as they turn their back, I'm like, noink, that's mine. <laughs> no, I'm not really. I, I have had a little bit of theirs. And like, you know, if there's a leftover egg, that's that's mine. <laughs> But yeah, it's been an all right Easter. We've had extra children here the whole weekend and, you know, how things go. A bad Easter for you today. Why Why was it a bad Easter, Reese? You don't have to tell us if you don't want to, but if you want to go into that, you're more than welcome. Um, Easter, you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's just another day, really. It's just an excuse to eat chocolate. Here's something, though. Someone asked me. What would happen if you gave your ant chocolate? And honestly, I don't know. But in the wild, obviously, if your ants get hold of chocolate, they're going to eat your chocolate. 
Um, I don't know if it has a you know bad effect on the colony. I would have thought it probably doesn't. But I I always advise just give them pure sugars in the form of honey or syrups or something along those lines. So um, it actually it you know it spurred a thought in my mind. What would happen if they had chocolate or something along those lines? I think Ants Canada did a video on it oh long long time ago where he gave his aunt a Mars bar. See that again. See um, I don't know. I should have probably watched that episode, but I'm not going to. Um, Oh no, your grandma died. That really sucks for yourself. I I am very sorry for you. My love goes out to you and your family. Um, yeah, that really sucks. So yeah, go and eat lots of chocolate, as advised already by Aunt Warrior. Oh no, he's stuffed with chocolate. But yeah, go eat lots of chocolate. It might, you know, um might feel a little bit better. Also caught a couple of cool isopod species. I'm gonna oh Stacy, you're keeping isopods, that's really cool. Isopods are great, um, great pets. You know, uh, I've got quite a few little colonies that I keep, collect, and grow. I love them. You know, I, I use the standard grey tropical ones in most of my terrariums just because they're really easy, really hardy, and they don't compete with ants too much. But I do like all the different species. Um, there's some really nice orange ones. In fact, there's some really nice green ones that um, are super, super cool, but they're really slow to grow. Um, but yeah there's some awesome species of ice pods and things like that millipedes are another one that fascinate me as you know i love my millipedes i've got three different species of millipedes in this tank uh bumblebees um the red tie flats and the giant olives and yeah they're all really super cool i love millipedes i like all the different color variations on them uh, i'm just gonna have to take my shirt off because i'm absolutely roasted my god it's hotter than hot in here right now. I've got the heat from the computer, the heat from the lights, and the heat from uh, both the tropical tanks beside me, and it's absolutely roasted. Porter, though, Skaber, yeah, nice. You know, I'm not going to pronounce Latin. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I do like isopods. They're very cool. I like all the different variations you can get as well different color variations, different color looks to them. Have you seen the rubber ducky ones? They're pretty cool. But again, I think they've got quite a ferocious appetite for protein. So I, I try and avoid using them in with my ants and things. Yeah, skirted, yes. I know skirted isopods. Have you seen, like, they're, um, like, they call them pill bugs, and they're not quite the same as like they are a type of isopod, they're not quite millipede. It's confusing, but they look like a millipede, but they're more of an isopod. <laughs> uh, Ants of Pembrokeshire saying, like locust. Um, locusts are cool, but they are deadly to ant colonies, let's be honest. Um, they're not one that I've really kept. I, I had crickets and one got out. It escaped under my bed and ran havoc in my bedroom for about a week. My wife was not happy with me, so it... Yeah, that was the end of me having crickets, basically. <laughs> I, I had a roach, um, quite a few roaches escape um, a few weeks back, actually. And I realized what it was, was one of the branches basically gone straight to an air hole and they were just walking straight out. Um, and the roaches were just, yeah, they were just walking out everywhere. It was a bit of a nightmare. Uh, luckily, I did catch it and I think I caught every single one. But it won't surprise me if I've got a roach or two kind of walking around the computer area. Because believe it or not, I, I keep my isopods and roaches and stuff underneath my bullet ant tank. 
because it's quite warm in here generally and yeah it's just a great environment and it doesn't take up the um space on the ant shelves yeah locusts will kill an entire ant colony easily decimate them um millipedes are great but they are a mega attraction for mites yes they are i found that when i kept them and other creepy corgis and arachnids yes they are a massive attraction for mites i don't know what it is i mean i know they have that symbiosis with some mites but they do attract mites quite badly uh luckily i've never actually had any problem with um like predatory mites uh, do we call them they're not predatory they're the Oh, what do they call it? Parasitic mites, sorry, there. Um, I've never had an issue with them yet. Touch wood, anything that's wooden. Um, it could, you know, at any time. We're all susceptible, we could say, but I haven't had any issues yet. Yeah, pre-kill um, ants of Pembrokeshire. I, I try and pre-kill everything. All these waxworms have been dipped in some boiling water before they've been cut open and whatnot. Uh, roaches again I do the same occasionally I'll give them something that's still wiggling but I'll cut it up depending on the colony sometimes they like that you know a little bit of um, movement and hunting to get them going as such I noticed that about the formica they really like a bit of movement in their prey still and the bullet ants they require live food as it is but I always I always do it so that it's like pretty much on its last legs you know I cut its head off sort of thing so it's still wiggling but is is pretty much gone um just reading the rest of these comments rubber duckies and panda what yeah the pandas are so cool stacy uh yeah very uh, dairy cows as well aren't they dairy cows are very cool um you want the ones red yeah i, I it's surprising like i know ants isopods millipedes everything when you start looking into those more like specialist species they get ridiculously priced and they really really pricey but that, that's the way of the world, I suppose. It's a bit of a nightmare. I, you know, they, it's like the Atta colonies and things. They can reach hundreds of pounds. My bullet ants were not cheap. Quite a lot of my ants, you know, ants aren't cheap. Uh, my ants got knocked off the side overnight last night. Luckily, no escapes, and they seem okay. But you feel like a bad mum ant. No, Stacey, you're not a bad mum ant. We all make mistakes. Things happen. Like I said, I, I've rolled test tubes off before and you know, it, things happen. How did it get knocked off? Was it you or was it a cat or something? Uh, we done where they are, so now safely. Yeah, that's, that's it. You know, you learn from your mistakes and you solve your issues. You know, that's the main thing. Um, what, what species is it as well? You know, that's quite important. Some might, that might be the end of them laying for quite a while. Some like Laceus would just be like, oh, well carry on <laughs> which is why we love laceus let's be honest cats or dog yeah i thought you'd say that it's quite common with cats cats you know they brush up against things as they walk along and whatever um a bit of a nightmare but it's one of those things you can't avoid and it's laceus end so don't worry too much um you know they should be fine they're a very hardy species they can do a little bit of rolling about and knocking about and they shouldn't be too uh, too bad it is a bit you know but it's one right now my mealworm farm is compromised oh, oh mealworm farm is comprised of only beetles as i have fed all of the worms 
hopefully they'll produce some little wormies right awesome at warrior if you want any advice or just to talk about it i do exactly the same as you know i've got a massive uh, bioactive box basically where i put loads of beetles all the excess beetles that live in this tank go into that big box they lay their eggs um if i look at the bottom of the box the whole bottom of it is filled with mill uh, mario worms sorry because they're the larger ones um filled with mario worms when i feed them the mario worms come up exploding out of the ground and eating and stuff so i've got like two or three levels where i can feed them i feed them on the ground and then i feed them slightly higher up so the beetles can get it themselves but um yeah it, it works really well what i do advise though is um when you've got loads of worms in there move the beetles into a new enclosure because it will get to the point where the beetles will be eaten by the worms um just several bad things could happen you know so once you get loads of worms or you're confident there's just loads of eggs after a couple of months say move them into another box and let them start again in that one let those other worms like eat and mature and then use them however you need to use them what i do is i then i empty them out and like sieve them out through the soils and substrate um and then i'll freeze the whole lot basically and just use them as and when i need them um, and then that substrate also is really fertile because it's been used for the laying and the excrement and things like that. That is really great soil to use in any plants or bioactive terrariums. Uh, also, when I do my um, colonies of dubia roaches, uh, not uh, the Mario beetles and things like that, um, I always add in tons of springtails as well. It just helps keep that, you know, cleanliness of the soil whilst everything's kind of mulching in it. Um, I'm just going to go back through the chat because I know I missed a few there. I made the mistake of killing 300 worker colony by leaving them in the sun. Oh, that's that's painful, uh, answer Pembrokeshire. That would be devastating. Um, honestly, I don't know what else to say. That would be devastating. Oh, hello, Auntie Matters. Thanks for coming in. Um, my friend was playing VR and punched my Mimica colony all over the car. <laughs> That is bad. Got stung all over my arm. That's that's really bad. Um, uh, they went after you instead. Covered and fed them honey and protein. They seem hungry for protein after all that. So it's a good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign, Stacey. If they're still taking protein, I won't worry too much. Uh, must have thought I punched them. Yeah, I don't advise punching an ant colony. Uh, <laughs> 300 worker laces niger colony yeah that sucks i mean it, it's because like obviously they just need lots of water and they weren't have been overheating and yeah that sucks i keep having a bit of a breakout in this tank in front of you they're all busy right now but since yesterday or even the day before they've been slowly trickling out one by one um, not like a mass breakout, but they're just sort of, I keep spotting an ant or two on top of the tank. And it's like, oh dear, oh dear. I've checked all the barriers, can't work out where they're getting out. I've even put a barrier over the wire and they're still getting out. So I don't know, don't know. I need to work that one out, don't I? It, like, the barrier is still, you know, it's a little bit battered, but it's still thick and should be more than effective and as you can see i've barriered up the top of the wires as well so like i can't work out how they're getting out but they are 
Um, and we had like other people's kids staying here over the weekend as well, and they like kept running out of the room. Like, ah, it was quite amusing. Uh, Ant Warrior, it would be amazing for you to start getting on your videos again. We miss your channel so much, buddy. But obviously, your school routine is more important, definitely. Uh, Ant's a Pembrokeshire. I'm not going to be going to AntCon because I've got my own exhibition and stuff. It would make no sense to go to both, to be honest. So I'm not going to be going to AntCon. I shall be at the Great Ant Exhibition. Which is a reminder I better change to do that. Uh, silly question, but when is the next nuptial flights for formica species in the UK? Um, I generally say in the UK it's around May-ish. Most of the colonies go between May and June, July sort of time. Anti-matters, was that a shock? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'll, there's just no point. Yeah, Adam's saying you need to do it again, Ant Warrior. So there you go. You've been kind of voted in. You've got to do some videos again when you can, buddy. Definitely. Yeah, anti-matters, I'm sorry, buddy. It's, it's one of those things, like, if it was closer, I probably would. But it's like, it's a lot of traveling, a lot of money just to get there. Right? And you know what I mean? I just don't see the point in doing both. Well, to be honest, I don't know if I'd be able to do both. You know, I've got to put on my one. That one definitely takes priority for me, so I'm not going to be going to Ancon. Uh, only 50 minutes, that's fair. That's fair. See, if you're only 50 minutes, you should come to the Great Ant Exhibition as well. It's only in Bristol, probably less far, I don't know. I'm not actually sure where Pembrokeshire is. Um, but yeah, my one's in Bristol in end of August, 27th of August. So yeah, it's going to be a good day. Like, we've got all sorts going. That's, to be honest, I'm saving as much money as I can for that because there's some vendors there that I want to go and visit. <laughs> um, it's going to be a great day. We've got some great guest speakers, uh, loads of great vendors come in. We got uh, creator, like content creators, doing a meet and greet. We got exhibition style, like things that you can go and look at. Other things are happening in other areas that you can go and watch and get involved with. There's going to be episodes of the picnic table like this. There's there's going to be so much going on throughout the day, from like ten o'clock when the doors open till four o'clock when the doors shut. There's going to be stuff going on if you know what i mean it's gonna be a there's all yeah it's gonna be busy it's gonna be very busy it's gonna be great like um i didn't want it to be like the sort of show you'd come to you'd have a look around take you like half an hour maybe an hour you'd buy a few things and then be like right well we're done like you know that it kind of annoys me when i've been to shows like that in the past so i wanted to make like as much going on as possible so yeah it's gonna be a fun filled day definitely 
Well, obviously, you don't have to watch everything. Like, you can kind of just do your own thing. But there'll be things going on all around the room in, like, every corner, on every wall, um, stuff outside as well. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Ant Warrior, I've not I've managed to not look at my Tetramonium Queen for a week now. On my my next video, yeah, definitely. Um, how are they doing? <laughs> if I remember correctly, they had a few workers. I I can't remember, cannot remember to be honest. That's shameful of me. My brain isn't fully functioning. I will say. I am so tired at the minute. Having extra kids over for a whole weekend, like, wow, that takes out of me. Yeah, Stacey, that's it. It's going to be an awesome, like, I planned it to be a whole day event. Like, there's food and stuff happening. And, you know, um, I'm trying to, like, get a good list of all the local hotels but to be honest there's so many because it's like the middle of bristol there's so many hotels like i, I might just leave you to it <laughs> but you know, it's not hard to find one you know what i mean but there's so many um hotels and local and we're not actually i when i went to bristol i timed it it's only like 40 minutes half an hour walk from the city center so if you're there beforehand or after or whatever go into the city centre, have a little bit of a party, I don't know. I, I, city life kind of blows my mind still. It's the day after payday, I did not realise that, but that's very helpful. Um, very helpful to everyone, including me. I'm thinking at half past the hour, we're going to move on to a little quiz. Just because, why not? It doesn't look like anyone's going to jump on for the open mic night tonight, which is absolutely fine. It does happen sometimes. Not everyone's comfortable speaking on camera or even has anything to talk about, really. Or feels that they have anything to talk about, because everyone's got a story. As I keep showing you with my random interviews with random people. <laughs> um so yeah, at half past, we'll have a little bit of a quiz and then we'll have a duck race. How about that? Or should we start with a duck race and then have the quiz? You let me know what you want. And whilst I'm here, I may as well mention as well, um, Mantis NI, you remember Mantis NI from a few weeks back when I interviewed him on his um, group and he's going to be doing a live tomorrow and things like that. He's doing a giveaway um go on the mantis ni uh website you can get tickets right i think it's two pound a ticket and then you get entered into the giveaway there's loads of prizes including tickets to the exhibition um there's prizes from the ant lady uh just loads of prizes you know what i mean so go have a look at that um it is on the ants and the rock community group page as well i am setting up a duck race because i see the call for duck races All out UK, you can do, buddy. I think we're going to have a quick duck race first, though, I think. Just coming up with it now. 
So we've got uh, Antimatter's at six, Reseth number seven, Stacy number three, All Ants UK number four. Currently, we have eight people in the chat, so I'm going to put in eight ducks. My stomach's just started rumbling. How about that? Right, eight ducks. Katrina is number seven. We've got a couple of ducks left. Oh, yeah, Katrina's number two. Yeah, so we've got Auntie Matters at six, Visa seven, Stacy three, All Ants UK four, Katrina two, Ants of Pembrokeshire eight. Right, so let's have a little have a little look at our ducks. We have Professor Duck. He looks pretty nifty tonight. We have King Duck, Purple Duck, Dr. Duck. Dr. Duck is knackered. He's just come off a long shift, so we'll see how he does. Build a duck, uh, or is that minor duck? I don't know. Uh, clown duck, plain duck, strawberry hat duck. Bit of a weird one, he just likes strawberry hats. But without further ado, let's get this race underway. coming down for the last minute now number four pushing up i expect it's lagging as well isn't it you can see the signal warning <laughs> dr duck number four holding first place just dropping back past number eight number three coming up on the inside going for that last final big push last 20 seconds number eight is holding it and it's all gone to pop we don't know who's going to win and it is number three well done fun he's going to the flappers 
I'm just reading back your comments that I missed. Just rewatched the unboxing video. Still have four workers, but now they have a huge power of brood. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I've got Colony of Flavus that have a few workers now. It's absolutely awesome because I was waiting for a long time for them to get workers um, after my last colony passed away, which sucked. But yeah, I'm hoping they do all right. I'm going to be putting them into a natural form aquarium, I believe, because they do love um, digging, don't they? I believe we're going to have some people come on and chat with us in a minute. So I'm just staying on the open mic night for now. And then we'll move on to the quiz afterwards. Uh, we might have a very interesting guest come on in a minute. Couple of interesting guests. Also, Tom, they love not coming up. Yeah, I know, Rusaf, they spend most of their time underground, really, don't they? So that was one of my thinkings with them, like, natural form of carrier would be sort of spot on. Um, sort of like the T-shaped one that I've got for my Nigers would be good because I can see all the tunnels and things like that. Get the aphids out of wild wild. Yeah, aphids are really good for them. Um, Katrina, wait a minute. I'm just waiting to see what's happening. I might have a guest coming on in a second. We're just waiting to see what's happening, but thank you for the offer. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing. Yeah, aphids are really great for most ant colonies actually will use aphids. But to be honest, they're quite hard to like just get hold of, let alone keep alive for an extended period of time. Or in my uh, experience, they are. I've, I've tried it several times with the aphids, and it's just, yeah, it's just not happened. So we've just dropped down from ten viewers to three. I don't know how that happened. Katrina, you're never a last resort. <laughs> Last resort is me chatting to myself for a couple of hours. I have two flowers and one in a natural 120 workers, had aphids, only one queens, two queens, only 50, no more aphids underground. Yeah, right. So um, it, it's one of them, isn't it? Like I say, aphids are really cool, but um, it's just about trying to get hold of them. So we've got All Ants UK joining us on stream at the moment. So I'm just going to do that. Do you want to say hello, All Ants UK? Hello. How's things? You all right? Yeah. Brilliant. What did you want to chat about? Want to tell us about some of your ants? I've got some new colonies. Yeah, so what have you got, buddy? Um, Quite recently, I got a nice colony of Mesothivorium. Yeah. They're like... This rare species of messer, apparently. Nice. And I got a Caribbean diversa queen. Oh, awesome. 
And she's nice. Absolutely awesome. I've got um, her in. Oh. Sorry, go on. I've got her in the finding stage at the minute. I literally have just tried to stop myself from looking at her for like weeks now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hard one, especially with such an awesome species. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you can't wait till those super majors come. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, we've actually got another person joining us in the stream as well. I want to give a massive welcome because he's been out of the community for a while. A massive welcome back. To the colonialist. Cheers, man. How you been getting on? Can you hear me? Hello. 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 It's the mic. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. There we go. I don't know what was happening there. Yeah, I don't know what's happening either. <laughs> How's everyone been? Good. It's good to catch up on the stream, man. It's been been a while on my end. Unfortunately, I've been away a lot working, so... Oh, he's gone. <laughs> oh. Hopefully he'll come back. Yeah, hopefully. There we go. I'm back. Can everyone hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you, man. Brilliant. I apologise for that. My my main internet's just kicked me off completely and shut down. I don't know why. Nightmare. Yeah, it does this occasionally. Anyways, how are you, JB? It's been a long time. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I've just been incredibly busy with work. And unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Traveling here, there, and everywhere. So it's, uh, it's nice to get a day at home. Um, so, how are your ants? We were talking a little bit earlier, but um, how are your ants doing at the moment, buddy? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say they're doing great, but they are surviving. So some colonies are still doing pretty well. Uh, there's a lot of sort of uh, care work and uh, yeah. reconfigure, reconfiguring that needs to be done. So uh, we, we will get there. Bit of a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I, I sorted out the uh, Solenopsis today. So while I was away, which was about three weeks ago, uh, they escaped. Yeah. And each uh, individual container had to be uh, disconnected and sort of sealed up. To, to stop the escape because they were just yeah, going yeah. everywhere so um unfortunately they, they had to wait for me to return and i've just spent the day uh sorting out uh, a new setup for them and i've got a massive uh, antboy uk nest that nice yeah mounted, so it looks pretty sweet I've, I've been doing a bit of filming on that which is what i was doing and until i sort of messaged you to check if you were still online yeah so i've done a, a little uh, cut of them feeding nice so we can expect the video to come out soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely working on one. So I brilliant. just need to get a bit more footage and uh, see what happens. Yeah, no, that's brilliant, man. Uh, what other colonies do you currently have? At the moment? Um, yeah. So I've got the Polyacus dives, still going strong. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Solenopsis Geminata, they're going good. I've got uh, Meso Barbarus, Meso Wasmani, uh, Meso Aranarius. 
Wow. Uh, the Nico uh, Campanotis, Campanotis Nico Brensis, yep. which is still going. Um, the, obviously, the, Ac the Acro Mimics, they're still going yep. strong. Sadly, I, the uh, Queen didn't make it while I was away. Um, I just wasn't there to be able to, to control the uh, environment enough and uh, yeah, yeah. They didn't, didn't make it, sadly. Yeah, well, they're such a sensitive species, you know, they need almost constant checking on, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a big loss, but it could have been worse. Yeah, definitely could have. I mean, I'm going to give it another go, so hopefully uh, I'll have another colony on the go soon. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, what What are you going to be looking to get next? Have you got any kind of interesting species in mind? Not really. I'm I'm, I'm going to focus on what I have at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah. I've I've got a couple of other species in there that I haven't mentioned, so I'll wait for them and see how they go and, and do a little video on them. Yeah. No, that's fair. That makes complete sense. My connection. So I'm just I'm just reading what's going on with my internet, and it's saying my connection has dropped. Um, I have no idea. Replace my router? My router's only a couple of weeks old. Sure. Well, that's not good, is it? <laughs> um, I'm just going to say goodbye, Visa. Thank you for joining, buddy. Um, just following through on the chat as I'm trying to fix the computer and get everything going back as well. <laughs> Bit of a nightmare all round so what's been happening since i've been gone i actually haven't had a chance to catch up with the community much so oh um, well it's, yeah, it's yeah, been pretty yeah. crazy to be honest lots is happening obviously um we've got ant con coming up we've got the great ant exhibition coming up um yeah. loads in like the general community just seems to be exploding with um, new ideas and you know it is it's a good time for ant keeping I'd say that's what I like to hear I do love innovation and ant keeping yeah no that's it that's it that's it I mean I'm, I'm really hoping I, I, this is kind of me blowing my own horn a bit but I'm really hoping that exhibition will kind of bring us to the stage of the same like sort of other inverts and reptile keepers yeah, 100%. I mean, starting to do exhibitions just shows how far the actual hobby has come. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're going to have some awesome Years ago, there. no one would have thought about it. So, yeah, you know, yeah. It's always been yeah. attached to other sort of invertebrate shows where there might be one or two sort of ant keeping stalls, but to have an actual exhibition sort of dedicated to ant keeping, that's, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the main plan of it. Oh, here we go. And we're back. Whoa, and there was an echo. <laughs> it was just making it a bit more epic. Yeah, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. I need to start doing stuff like that in these streams, but I just, it doesn't come to me naturally. Yeah. yeah I, I get that. I've got a pretty uh, dry sense of humor most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only totally me just laughing at myself. <laughs> I feel the same to be honest much of the time um, have you watched many of these streams they've really like developed into something really cool 
honestly I haven't man I've been um completely dedicated to the work and trying to change stuff as well so yeah. uh, after I decided to make a sort of like career change I realized that being realistic I'd built a career for eight years throwing it away was a bit sort of silly so um I've been training so I'm doing all the threat qualifications which is um first response emergency care wow. uh, once I get to level six that's paramedic level so I've, I've done I'm doing my level four at the moment then I'll be doing my level five which is like sort of technician level and I can work yeah. on the ambulances and stuff and then um I'm also doing a, a master's in uh, crisis risk and resilience management so wow. on top of what I already do, it's kind of like adding a few strings to my bow that should hopefully get me back into a stable position rather than uh, traveling the world and going from task to task, which yes. sounds yeah. glamorous. But after eight years of it, especially when you have kids and, and an ant keeping hobby to keep up with, like being away all the time just isn't the one. Yeah, no, like, like Stacey just said, hats off to you completely. That's amazing work. And yeah, I think you definitely got your priorities right, to be honest. Yeah, well, if I put in the work now, I'm going to have a lot more time later on. And it, it was kind of a decision that I had to come to. It was like, you know, I had that stable position for a couple of years, which allowed me to get into the hobby and, and do more. And yeah. unfortunately, that job came to an end. And then it was like, you know, I needed to sort of get out there. And then I thought, you know, what can I actually do, put my yeah. time into and, and will give me more time later on. And unfortunately, you know, the hobby has had to be sort of sacrificed in the meantime. But in the background, I am still still there working away on the on the colonies when I get the chance to be home and I'm definitely working on the plan to be home a lot more often yeah no that's brilliant yeah I mean like I say you I think you've got it right because you're putting in that effort like you say now so you can enjoy yourself later on I mean that's that's the end goal for anyone really not having to do much later on in life yeah it's true well if I don't I'll be stuck in the same situation and I'll just be bouncing around everywhere yeah. you know and how, how much have i got realistically time-wise to be continuing doing that yeah yeah no i completely get that i i feel much the same myself sometimes you always especially in this modern world where everything's going up in price you're just constantly chasing things and you know you're oh, yeah. ahead of the game these days don't you yeah you do you have to look for sort of new opportunities and that that really does mean knuckling down because it's, it's almost to a point where it's not living anymore it's survival yeah you know, yeah no, so, that's it i think a lot of people would completely agree with that as well yeah yeah but um back to the ants i've always wanted to know what's your favorite ant species mine yeah <laughs> oh wait how many species are there again <laughs> no, literally, I I will always have the same answer to this. I'm a bit like the Pokemon Master, yeah. No matter what what ant species there is, there's probably something about it that makes it my favorite within that sort of yes. genus. There's there's, yeah. there's not one I don't really like. I appreciate all of them for what they kind of do, and there's some which are just like really intriguing. So you could say they're your favorite because of their traits or what they are or what they do. So it's kind of really difficult, but keeping. Definitely, I, I'd put Polyacus dives at one of my top. Yeah. Um, I just really love watching them weave the nests and the structures that they build. And sort of now my colony, I don't know if I updated that I had a larger pod. I put that in. Um, haven't managed to do any videoing on it. But they've they've already weaved a massive nest down the side of that, which is pretty epic to see. Awesome. Do you know what kind of size your polys are at at the moment? Because you had yours before I had mine. Um, so they had a little bit of a hibernation um, and they've just had a load of elates and for some reason I don't know if it's a generational thing but 
a whole swathe of them sort of passed on. Like there was suddenly just a ton of dead out of nowhere. But I kind of think like looking at the amount of time I've had them, it would kind of make sense if an entire generation during the boom kind of just came to yeah. the end of their life. So I, I was worried about them for a couple of weeks and it was also quite cold. So I think they sort of went into a semi-hibernation, which they can do. Yes. And uh, now they're back booming and there's there's still a lot of male elites. I haven't seen any female elites yet, but they um, seem yeah. to do them in, in separate batches. So. I'm hoping to have some females this year. I had so many males previous year. Um, I mean, there's still a few of them walking about now, but I'm hoping there'll be some females this year. I think I'm around three to 4,000 workers now. The nest is huge. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably estimate mine have dropped maybe about 1,500 with, with what I've got. Yes. But there, there, was a, there was a lot more. I, I, I can't really explain as to what happened other than that. I think it was just a, a sort of generational thing and it hit them, hit them at a time yeah. when they were producing a lot of late. So, you know, they, they it would have been sort of a, a gap between new worker and, and yeah, old. Yeah, because obviously they're using a lot of the resources on the elates at that time as well. Yeah, exactly. So they don't produce actually many workers and you, you see that sort of impact happen. And I think that's what you're seeing there because I've I've got so many male elates. It's, it's absolutely crazy. One entire pod is just filled with male elates. Yeah, that's pretty insane. That's a lot of males. And, yeah. and the worst thing is they're pretty much useless to the colony. <laughs> well, until the females come because these ones can actually sort of like interbreed. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. I, I can't exactly remember the the process off by heart but i know it's one of the methods of sort of interbreeding for replication of the queen i think it is i'm hoping i get um like you're saying maybe they might inbreed in the tank but i just don't know it's one of those things and that you just gotta hope for the best cross your fingers cross your toes hope for the best yeah well i definitely saw them uh, like mating when when they're in the tank so i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if you saw that yeah the That's males cool. are definitely sort of attaching themselves to the females and and doing their thing. I don't think I've ever actually seen male ants mating with a female. I don't think I've ever witnessed it. I think I might have filmed it. Really? I'll have to look yeah, at I'll, I'll see if I can find the footage. Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen it properly. <clears throat> Just going back through that. Uh, Ant Ramblins is asking, how did your wife cope with the Solanopsis escaping? Uh let's just say that was that was nearly like the end of it all. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, man. It was almost like pack your shit and get out of the house. <laughs> Excuse my French. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um I, I my my wife is pretty good, right? When my polyracus dives escape, she pretty much just puts the box over them. And it shouts me to come deal with it. Oh, she's she but, breezes the polyacus or even the acromimics. Don't don't face her at all. No, but the solenopsis are a whole different story. Yeah. And literally, were they like swarming as well? They, they, they were everywhere. They had trails off into the bathroom. They had trails oh. off into the kitchen. They had got into everything. They were up and down the wall. And we got a long stretch corridor. So they had literally formed a trail down the entire corridor. Um, wow. I'd say at least at the time. 50% of the colony had, had made their way out into the house and unfortunately uh, Order 66 of the Hoover had to come out because there yeah. was just no other choice, especially with the little ones running out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not worth it with kids. No, no. It's, I, I, 
luckily none of them got stung, but I just hate to think of them being stung. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a bit wary about having my Asian bullet ants because they're right here with an open top and uh, all it takes is for one of the kids to reach in, but I'm pretty sure they won't. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's always in the back of my mind what would happen if they got stung by them, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Quite um, How's the colony getting on? Yeah, they're doing really well. I'm just watching them now at the moment. Um, they're just doing them? really, really well. They've dug so much that they've changed the landscape of the tank. Oh, I love it when they do that. Yeah, like um, the big uh, test tube, massive test tube, biggest one I've ever seen, um, was originally on top of the ground, and now it's pretty much buried completely. <laughs> they're just using okay. it as a, a chamber now. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Um, and yeah, I, I I just love watching them when they're taking down the prey or whatever. It's so cool the way they kind of they one of them on its own, like because they work as lone hunters, don't they? And then yeah, they yeah. find yeah find the prey, and within seconds, there's like 15, 20 of them just you know tearing into it. Brilliant. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I don't often do live feedings, as you know, it's not normally something I do, but with them, they do kind of require... Certain species, that everyone has to agree, certain species, but it's that whole thing in proportion, um, minimal yeah. respect, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, fair enough, throw in a prey item that they would normally tackle and can take down quite easily, and they're actually designed to probably take it out much quicker than you could. Or, yes, if, yeah, no, that's you know what I mean? Right. If, if you look at them stinging them, you know, I, when I watch, um, like, fruit flies being dispatched by stinging yeah. ants it's it's in a second like the moment it touches that that fruit flies dead. yeah so yeah. you know it's pretty quick and painless and it's, it's something they would normally go for many species are actually specialist hunters of deterrents which are flies and that's why they're able to hunt and, and gather the way they do so you know it's, it's a standard prey item for them yeah yeah definitely I, I it's one i don't use enough is fruit flies to be honest i don't know why Fruit flies can become a nightmare. One, they're very, very prone to getting mites. Yes. Two, the cultures don't last very long. And as much as anyone says, including like anyone that's tried it, like it is an absolute nightmare to maintain, to keep on yeah. doing new feeds and then transfer it across. And then you've still got to get rid of the old colony, which just becomes dirt after a couple of days. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah it's no, quite messy. Um, what I tend to do when I get them is I'll wait for them to get to a good number. I'll just shake them out into a big box and freeze them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's still got the... Uh, I'll keep some alive, but they're just a nightmare. Like you say, they're just a nightmare. And yeah, I, I just doing that. I, I find, protein stacks, so, I find yeah. they breed faster than I use them as well. And then the culture's kind of done with and I've, you know, I've not used them all. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. You need you need to keep other insects with them, really, like praying mantis or something, where you're actually sort of using a bulk of them for to feed other stuff. Yeah, no, that's a really good idea, actually. I have been looking into um, praying mantis and jumping spiders and things like that because they they really take my fancy, but I'd have to convince the wife to let me know. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Praying mantis are cool. Uh, sadly, yeah. they don't live very long, but. It's quite a enjoyable process keeping them. It's just always that heartache within a year. You're going yeah. to be saying goodbye to your little buddy that you've watched like hatch or like you've had since it was absolutely tiny and practically like tweezer fed it with <laughs> to keep it going. And I I used to love doing that with my little nymphs. Yeah, yeah. I I 
I think I would certainly enjoy that. But like you say, they just don't live very long. We have got um, Mantis coming to the um, exhibition, which is going to be interesting. Uh, Mantis NI, obviously, he started over with Ants, so he's going to come over, bring some Mantis as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I've sort of, I've sort of went, so we've got loads of Ant stuff at the exhibition. I don't know how much you know about it, so I'm going to tell you all about it now. <laughs> yeah, no, tell me all about it, man. I'm always happy to hear more. We've got lots of ant stuff, some great ant vendors. Um, we're going to have guest speakers from, I can't, because of privacy laws, I can't actually tell you everything. Uh, yeah, no, I totally get GDPR. There's a guest speaker from, she's the lead lecturer or head lecturer at Bristol University Bio Studies Department. Um, wow. and she's been doing some amazing ant research and stuff like that. So she's going to come talk about all of that. Um, we've got some uh, Ant Keeper magazine. Uh, Wildlife Trust is going to be there. Um, Mantis NI. I can't remember what, what other vendors, but there's going to be loads of vendors, loads of content creators. There's going to be like exhibition, like things to look at, if you know what I mean, rather than just vendors and stuff to buy. There's actually going to be interesting things to look at. Um, the content creators are going to be doing meet and greets. Uh, there's food. There's we're going to be doing a live picnic table chat show. One of these, so we can just interview anybody who's about hear about their ant keeping experience and you know broadcast it to the world. Um, That's cool. There's going to be there's loads of different things going on. Basically, I can't even remember it all, but it's going to be a action packed day of ant madness. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, yeah. I, you know me. I just went full on with it. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's good to hear because I remember before we were talking about it in the beginning. Yeah, know, yeah. Like long time ago, it came need... up, and then it never really, you know, never happened, did it? So I just, yeah, I just went full on and got on with it. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. That's good. You yeah. Have to. Yeah, no, you know, my energy, I love it. I love, so I love the hobby, and I just want the hobby to, like, let's say, get to that same place where it's respected the same as a reptile keeper. Because when you say to someone, yeah, I keep ants, the face they pull is... Yeah, but even now, I mean, I'd say reptile keepers are only sort of, like, 50% appreciated, like... Yeah, yeah. I it's... think it's still quite a stretch. I mean, if you get to the invertebrate, like, if you get people... Yeah. More to the point of like where they're like, oh, so you keep spiders or you keep yeah. uh, scorpions or praying mantis where they're just like, oh, that's all right. That's that's kind of, I would Normalized, say, a yeah. massive achievement for the hobby. Yeah, yeah. that's That would be amazing if we could reach that. And then everyone would know what an ant, you know. We won't have all those beginner issues, I think, because the education would be out there a bit better. And yeah. I, think I definitely think every day... Um, the sort of information that you can find on various different species is is growing yes. you know massively like especially with platforms like youtube and tiktok as well has been absolutely huge for stuff like that so yeah. you know there's a lot more advice out there and a lot more sort of different ways of getting the same results that you know one way might not work but again there's always going to be that trial and error because of how delicate species can be especially yeah. like queen ants like you know you're doing everything right you know it's all going good like three weeks in everything looks beautiful then you just check that one time where you're doing your monthly check and there she is all curled up and gone yeah yeah i mean i that's what happened with my manica rubilla the other day they've been in a natural setup for a couple of months they're doing absolutely fine 
And then, for some reason, the workers are there dragging out the dead body of the queen. Ah. Oh. Got it. Yeah, absolutely got it. I, I really like that colony as well, because I've had her from the queen. She got up to about 10 to 15 workers, had her dying off, and I quickly moved them into the natural form of care. We've got them back up to about 10 to 15 workers, and now she's died. Yeah, sometimes I just think it's no matter how good you have it, it's not going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's <laughs> unknown causes we're going to put that one down to. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can do absolutely everything spot on. It yeah. doesn't matter, and she just doesn't survive. Or yeah. something random happens, and it causes all the workers to just die off, and the queen's there alone. And she's yeah. like, well, no, I had workers to do this. I'm not doing it anymore. And then, sadly, she passes away. Yeah, it really sucks. Even with the um, semi-clotical ones, they just stop working. Like, oh, well, I've got workers now. I'm just not going to bother. Even if they're yeah, on their yeah. own, they get starved to death. Yeah, sadly, it's very rare where you get that queen that has just an absolute survivor, where she's just a total yeah. beast. But even with workers, she's like, nope, I'm still going to do my bit. And you always find those queens live the longest as well, where they, they actually have that survival instinct. And there's also, I, I saw a documentary ages ago that was pretty much saying that not all queens are good mothers. Yeah. So if you get that queen that has a really strong mother instinct and will lay another batch and will take care of that brood, then, you know, you're good. But if you get, you know, you, you get those queens where they just like lay a batch and every batch they eat it, no matter what you do, yeah. no matter how hard you try it, they're just like, nope. I'm not destined to be a good mum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've definitely had a few of those in my time. Yeah, so have I. It's, it's heartbreaking to see. Like, I had one queen, she pretty much survived for a year and a half doing exactly that. Yeah. And I gave her absolutely everything I could, and then just one day, that was it. Looked in yeah, and chilled and curled up. I've got a Campanus Herculinus queen doing exactly the same. I looked in there for the first time in probably about six months, and she's got two tiny little eggs. That is it. Yeah. And pretty much guarantee if I looked again, they'd probably be gone. But yeah, saying probably. that, saying that, my other Herc colony, I had them on the sides for probably a year as well. And just all of a sudden, she started laying. Um, literally nothing's changed. Not the, not nothing. And she just started laying, and there's huge batches of eggs, and the workers are starting to eat as well. Because they've all just been huddled up for over a year, like literally doing nothing. Well, she probably just got to that point where she was like, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. If I can't fail at an empire, I must create one. Well, yeah, I mean... We, we won't go into empires at a minute, because it will lead us onto Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about uh, that. We try to on political on these streams, but it always kind of creeps in a little bit. <laughs> well, hey, I've heard rumors on the border between the ant species that live in Russia and the ant species that live in Ukraine. There's been beef for a very long time. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. See, I, I, I had someone ask me the other day, what if someone orders ants in Russia? Would I send them ants to Russia? And I was like, um... I don't know. Are we even sending stuff? If I put ants in the post, would it even get to Russia? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they've literally just sanctioned the UK because Boris Johnson went over and spoke to you. Um, I don't know. It's it's all very confusing at the moment. I have a suggestion the other day. Someone said that I should do like um 
an animation of the Russian war but change everyone to ants. That's a little bit dark, but I don't know, maybe one day we can do something like that. I haven't got the technology capacity to do that. Yeah. I mean, I can see the humour behind it. It's a dark humour, but... Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a dark humour, yeah. Um, I'm just reading this. Ants on the Rock, add Gibraltar to your collection for eight weeks. workers Oh, wow, okay. I will have a look into them. It's not one I've ever kept, mainly because I can't even begin to pronounce it. Anthonogaster gibosa. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. My Latin is awful, as we all know, right? But <laughs> I have heard of them before. They've got quite spindly legs, don't they? But five to eight weeks, that's quite fast. Do you know, I've only just realised that there's comments on the right side. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> so all the ones with the little red, they're all red at the moment, they're on YouTube, um, but we also get purple and blue come up, the purple is Twitch and blue is Facebook, because we're currently broadcasting all three. Oh, that's pretty cool, I didn't realise you could do more yeah. casting. And it, uh, it also becomes a, a Spotify podcast as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it gets everywhere, you know gets everywhere sometimes we have like insane um amounts of people watching we've had up to like 28 concurrent viewers and things like that um you get people in japan signing on that was a random night wasn't it everyone <laughs> yeah it, it's it's good it's getting out there getting around and like everyone seems to be enjoying it that's good to hear man yeah yeah just trying to do my bit for the community as well you know <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me coughing again on stream i've had this awful chest infection for the last what am i on i'm on my fourth week of antibiotics and i've got another week left um so yeah it's been quite a bad one that's yeah, not good man hopefully you get over that quick uh, at least it wasn't covid very true very true could always be worse that's it that's it uh stacy saying hello now that you're reading the comments Hello. Sorry, yeah, I should, I should really keep an eye on them. <laughs> I was scrolled up all the way to the top and I didn't notice them before. And then <laughs> I just realised going all the way to the bottom, that's where they're... they're uh, Adam's just saying it's his first... Adam uh, Wigan here has listened to them or watched them after they're normally live, but this is the first time he's got to watch one live, so it's really good that he's enjoying it. See, I don't, I don't tend to get man flu. I'm actually really good, right? I can put up with most things, but when my actual, like, when I get a nasty chest infection, it messes with my other health conditions, and that is it. I am out for the count. In fact, I, it was the first time I couldn't do my chat show. I put the stream on, and I just chatted through text because I couldn't even breathe enough to talk. Yeah, it's not good. It's almost like COVID, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, to be honest, my my health conditions, like I, I talk about them openly all the time, so it's not an issue. Um, my health conditions are like they say the ongoing effects of COVID replicate what I basically live with, which was Fair. quite interesting. So that um, they've been doing further research into my condition because of how people can go on and deal with long effects of COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting. I've already had my letter about a fifth vaccination. 
I gave up after the third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I got, no, I got forced not. into three. It was like no jab, no job. And yes. I started to lose a fair bit of work. And then it was like, yeah, no, okay, you forced me into that. My first one, well, my first two were only four weeks apart, which I had to get a doctor's letter. And everyone was like, this is really dangerous. And I was like, I've been told if I don't have it, I'm not working. Yeah. <laughs> so jab me. Yeah. I mean, I, I generally just say, if the doctor's going to stick something in me, you know, I have so many injections and stuff. I don't even ask what half of them are. So why would I start now? Oh, that's fair enough, man. That's fair enough. It's just, I always think it's more about the uh, the effects that can be caused from them or anything yeah. like that. You know, you you need you need the whole reason it takes six years to develop something is because you genuinely need that time to test it and find out the results and the long term results and everything else that's done for it. I'm all about the science. I'm not ever going to be against a vaccine or an inoculation or anything like that that can actually genuinely save lives but do it properly and without all the corruption that happened with it but that's politics so we'll leave that for another show <laughs> it's hard not to get into it isn't it <laughs> it is i mean you know it's big news at the moment you know we're going for an absolutely crazy time in the world like if you look at it like we 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 are potentially you know just before world war one world war two in the same scenario um yeah. you've got the russian media putting out that they're saying world war three has started yes, so yes, you know that's that. quite scary to think yeah um you know you've got mass corruption from our own government over how they've handled absolutely everything they're just like well the country's sinking quick pay off all your mates and make sure they're sorted and uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter how many failed contracts they are because it's gone anyway yeah yeah it's, it's it's all completely screwed and us at the bottom are going to get the worst of it we know that you know that's always the way man always the way that's british aristocracy man yeah that's it i just want to say a massive welcome to the dog got eaten too over there on twitch thank you for joining us <laughs> what a name man yeah, yeah <laughs> i, I mean twitch it really is quite an interesting platform obviously it's more the gaming platform um, you don't have many um, pet streamers on there, and definitely not many chat shows like this. So it's a bit of a weird platform to be on, but it has really um, done well. Like they've, everyone seems to be enjoying it, and the new sort of concept and content that they're coming out to. But I do find that they all kind of have these gamer names, you know, what you would expect from a gamer. Um, whereas in the ant community, ninety nine percent of us have ants in the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, they're a really great community, actually, really welcoming, um, and I've enjoyed talking to a lot of them and showing them ants possibly for the first time. A lot of them. Yeah, that's awesome, and you need to crack out um, empires of the undergrowth. Ah, uh, right. So I've yeah. seen that. Um, I haven't got round to playing. It. I I just don't have time to play games really. Um, yeah. What did I play the other day? I managed to play Battlefield Battlefront One, the World War One game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I managed to blast through the whole campaign, and I haven't been able to pick up the thing since. But like, I, when I get a chance to game, I do enjoy to game, you know. But I just I'm so busy between work, other work, and all other work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so busy. Um, no, it's me. To, oh, it's All Ants UK on Twitch. Okay, the dog got eaten too. Is All Ants UK on Twitch? Oh, I guess the uh, ants ate the dog then. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it, it does get confusing sometimes when they've all got different names, but yeah, we just go just with it. Sorry, man. Don't keep yeah. selling off this, kids. <laughs> Don't keep selling off this, kids. <laughs> it's like, um, stay in school. Don't keep selling off this. <laughs> it's true, man. It's bad for hell. No, they are a good species. Like, I'm not going to, you know, they are great species, but I think you need to be prepared for what you're letting yourself into. Do you know what the, the real trick of it is, right? It's getting that set up, which allows you to work with it because they're very, very, very good at overwhelming a setup. No matter how big that setup is, like, they will find a way to overwhelm it yeah so it's, it's it's finding that dream setup to actually keep them in where the setup kind of tries to do at least 90 percent of that work rather than sort of more 20 percent of that work and the rest is yeah. you just panicking <laughs> yeah no i completely agree with that actually like like you say it is a lot of work and stress just trying to maintain them and if you can get that bit right then they are a lot easier but i think my main problem with them is and a lot of people might moan at me for saying this. I don't like it when a colony is so large that they're just everywhere, up every side, like the floors crawling with them. Like you can't see the floor through them, if you know what I mean. I, I, I don't want that. I, I like to see them all kind of spaced out and doing their normal thing. And I know with solar noxus, they always get to that point. No matter yeah, I mean, what. It's, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. Like, one of the things I love yeah, is the Karabara, which they are what I would call a blanket species in that sense. Yes, they when they that, move, yeah. they move as a mass troop, which can be quite epic to watch, especially the way they sort of, like, swarm. I think with the uh, Solenopsis, is the added fact that they're just as aggressive, but they have the added sting. Yeah, yeah, they've got that sting, and when one gets you, it sends on that alert to everyone. Yeah, and it, if there's a whole cluster of them, that's it. Like, there's no going back. It's yeah. it's, uh, it's not going to be fun. Have you been stung much? Um, do you know, I've been pretty lucky. I've been stung a few times, but I haven't I haven't madly been stung. However, uh, <laughs> the other half has been mutilated by them. <laughs> you got away with it. Their human rights were totally violated by the Solenopsis. They were just like, if we take no prisoners, we do not abide by your laws. <laughs> you got away with it and she got bitten. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, like, I'm I'm a little bit quicker and, and sort of delicate yeah. and not, not willing to sort of, you know, take them on that way. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Brilliant. No, that's brilliant. What what would you say is the most painful sting you've ever received? Sting or bite? Oh, so far it'd have to be the um, Ritido Panera. Okay. I took a sting off one of them. Yeah, that was that was something to remember. <laughs> <laughs> that was. It, it, it's a very long-lasting sting as well. Um, but yeah. I did actually sort of like read up that. Uh, their venom is a little bit more potent like that and sort of the sting sort yeah, of see, I, I, I've done a bit of research into the different venoms and they are really interesting some things that can happen um, I was reading about a spider earlier that if it bites you you can get a four to six hour erection oh yeah no, yeah, I've heard of that 
Like that, that's just insane. What use could that possibly have as a venom? <laughs> well, hey, it's probably the main ingredient of Viagra, so yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one that I'm that common with, I can honestly say. <laughs> yeah, well, if you look at it, sort of penicillin is grown from mold, which was originally yes, yeah, covered on moldy bread. A lot of these things are found in nature, aren't they? Yeah, everything. I mean, even painkillers that we take. And everyone's like, hey, I'm anti-drugs, but they'll have to take a cocodamol. Well, <laughs> that is that is heroin. It's the same thing. It's opiates. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Which is odd to think about, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. When you break it down that way, a lot of people are like, hold on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you've been taking this whole time some kind of opium or, or sort of like cocaine derivative. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, that's, that's our primary medication. Yeah. Which leads me on to something else i was watching the other day about coca-cola and the fact that they outright deny it's ever had cocaine in it but it's on the bottles from back when it was prescribed as a med or sold as a medicine yeah because it was originally a cure-all yeah that's it which I, I thought was really interesting how they developed into a soft drink yeah basically took over the whole world haven't they <laughs> Pretty much, man. It's one of the largest companies. Even the things you don't realize that are actually owned by Coca-Cola yeah. are, and they're, they're yeah. actually one of the uh, largest uh, owners of the water systems. So, oh, know, I didn't they, know that. They, uh, they, they, they actually they have to be held accountable to water resource because of how much they own. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Actually, I, I thought it was good that they stopped selling in Russia and things like that. But did you know that KFC is still? going in russia well kfc said they were going to pull out and they were like well good luck we're just going to keep it <laughs> and, <laughs> and keep on going like we know the recipes we can make it ourselves so kfc were a bit like well that's not going to work <laughs> we'd rather get our cut and lose our cut you know what i mean but i don't know man like sanctions in russia are not going to do a lot because no. we've sanctioned russia for a long time russia's built up its economies with yeah. the exact countries that are not going to stop trading with it they are massive allies of india they are yeah. massive allies of china every time we we buy from china we are basically supporting russia um you know we they sell oil to china china sells that same oil to us so it's no yeah. longer russian because now it's chinese it's like come on like do you know what i mean it's like yeah. they've built their economy of selling us everything through someone else you know yeah. india and, and china are some of our biggest trade company uh, partners and they're they you know the russia's biggest trade partners so no matter what that's still going to circulate into our into our economy and theirs it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting time. Yeah, I mean, you know, things could unfold in, in many different ways over the next couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, as long as as long as we don't go to war and have to like stop everything ant related, then we'll be okay. I just remember, man. There'll always be ants on the front line. <laughs> yeah that's true you sat there in a the trench like hang on i need to get a test tube day 54 trench number five solenopsis <laughs> <laughs> what's yeah. how they march on over the russian corpse <laughs> no that'd be brilliant <laughs> little ants with little bombs on them or something and 
Yeah, that, that's what you'd have to do. Just be like, listen, we need to know new ways to get the enemy. I'll tell you what, drop a colony of Solenopsis into their <laughs> Yeah, that would do. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> Colonies in Ukraine are so cold. Yeah, yeah, they just have to have little like heated jackets on and stuff. They're proper military style ants. You'd have to you know, beef them up a bit for for combat. Brilliant. Um, right, so I'm just moving on with the show a little bit. We were going to have a bit of a quiz. Do you fancy joining in our quiz? Yeah, we can give it a go. Brilliant. It's just general knowledge. So everyone in the chat, you know the drill. We did the same in the last stream. I'm just going to read out your questions. You get a couple of minutes to answer. There's no prize. It's just for fun at the moment. So we're going to get started. How many time zones are there in Russia? Oh. It's How many time zones are in Russia? It's a massive country, bear in mind. So it stretches like it most is, of the, world. the whole of Yeah. It's quite a lot. How many time zones are in Russia? I don't know. Eight? We've got Katrina saying two, Stacey saying seven, Adam one, Anthony Matters nine. I'm going to say higher. Go higher, everyone. Wow, really? Really, I'm trying to think how many nine. there are because I, I, all I always remember yeah, is that we are zero degrees, zero degrees because it goes from um, Greenwich Mean Line, doesn't yeah, it? Greenwich, yeah, yeah, that's that's zero, that's zero degrees median, so yeah. Stacy's saying 12. I'm gonna let the answer out, it's 11. Wow, there are 11 time zones in Russia, that's quite a lot, really. Like, yeah, it's, the whole it's of the, the world, UK is in one time zone, yeah, yeah. But That's we're mad. we're just a speck of dust, really, in comparison, which is why it makes our uh, our history quite even more incredible when you think about the size of our country. Definitely, definitely. Um, which of the following empires had no written language? The Incan, the Aztec, the Egyptian, or the Roman? No written language. Yeah, they did not write things down at all. Now, this is quite an obvious one, I think. Which ones? The Aztecs? The Incas, the Aztecs, the Egyptians, and the Romans. The Incas. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give it straight to you. Well done, JB. It was the Inca Empire. They um, used to use a series of knots and things like that to tell stories and write down history. Um, and they just used other forms of art, which is really interesting. Uh, I, I, I love their culture, actually. I think it's amazing to see what they were like able to do at that time. Yeah, yeah. There, there was quite incredible um, historic cultures, really. It's, it's one yeah. of the reasons why I'm quite a massive fan of history. Yeah, same, definitely. Uh, them and the Mayan. The Mayan Empire is just, again, it's insane. Like, and they know so little about it. They're still finding out so much. Well, same with the Egyptian. I mean, you know, they had yes. they had quite incredible sci science for their time, and even then, the, the Chinese as well. Like, where everyone says, "Oh, the Chinese stole from us," but the reality is, like, you know, ninety percent of actual things that are created, we steal it from them. Yeah. Oh yes, they got their first things. It's like when was it? Wait, who made gunpowder again? How long ago <laughs> yeah. were they? Yeah. Used it? 
you said you made it. Yeah, no, you, you just got out of the Silk Road. Let's be real about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, next question. Where is the lowest natural place on Earth? Oh, that's a hard one. Above, if anyone gets this, sea, or, or above sea level, or like actually below the sea. It's below the sea, I will say. Oh, it's that. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. But it's a great big crack. Um, yeah, it's the Mariner Trench. Yeah, the Mariner Trench. Yeah, uh, eleven thousand meters deep. Yep, it's like wow. three Mount Everest or something, isn't it, or more? Yeah, something like that. That's that's deep. <laughs> like, you imagine what could be living down there. You know, we we're never going to get to the very bottom of the Mariner Trench. Never. Well, whatever's down there has really had absolutely, other than to be more scary, it's just absolutely no reason to evolve. Like yeah. if, if it's got to its peak existence, it's just going to continue. Like. Yeah, it could be pretty scared. Full of teeth, I expect. Lots and lots of teeth. Yeah, I mean, well, look at the stuff that they do find. Like that, they always the the lower and lower they're able to get stuff. They, you know, they're taking pictures of all these uh, crazy new species that they're finding. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them do look very ancient as well. Um, so next question: Who is the most famous graffiti artist to come from Bristol? Bristol. I feel like I should know this. Everyone should know this. It's not Banksy, is it? It is Banksy, yeah. I thought he came from London, but here it says Bristol. No, his um so supposedly his father was supposed to own a printing press or something. Oh, okay, okay. So That's I don't know a lot about Banksy, but I see obviously the art just appears somewhere and it's well known throughout the country if not the world yeah yeah i think he does some good stuff because it is like it's, well, it's kind of political graffiti and that's what it yeah. is it's political art really and that's that's sort of how he does his stuff is it's political political art and because it's stenciled you know it's always very artistic it's always very yes. clean rather than sort of you know, just tagging your name up or, or just doing a, a fancy word in it's kind of it is actually just art every time. Yeah. Um, so moving on, how many keys does a classic piano have? That's a hard one. Oh. <laughs> and you can't even count them really. That's black and white keys on a classic piano. I don't know, like 109 or something. You're close. It's not far off. 110. <laughs> Adam saying 52. I'm going to say go higher, Adam. It's in the 80s. If anyone can make one in last guess, it's in the 80s. I don't know, 82. 88. 88. 88 keys. That's... Is, I've never been able to play the piano properly. I can play bits and bobs. I'm mainly a drummer. But knowing that there's 88 different, you know, instrument bits in front of me, that's quite intimidating. On a drum kit, I don't think I ever reached 88 pieces. Yeah, but it's all within sort of context, really. They're quite small yeah. keys. So it's just being able to use your, your fingers. So it's your fingers' dexterity and timing, really. Yeah. Have you seen how their hands sort of stretch after a while? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to I used to play the keyboard 
or at least I tried to learn the keyboard. And it's yeah, uh, it's yeah. very sort of similar stuff, you know, how you have to just sort of move across and sort of know what you're doing. But being uh, yeah, tone deaf, I kind of gave it up. I'm I'm not that great at anything kind of melodic. <laughs> I, I'm good at hitting things, good at rhythm, but melodies kind of out of my reach. Um, here's one everyone should know. What city do the Beatles come from? Oh, everyone should know, but I'm trying to think. Oh somewhere. no! Isn't it somewhere up north? It is. It, well, I'm going to say it's up oh. north, but everywhere's north of me. Yeah, well, the same. Liverpool or something? No, not Liverpool. Um, not Birmingham. Is it Birmingham? No, I don't know. Everyone in everyone in the yeah. chat's getting it. Liverpool. It is Liverpool. I thought, I thought, I thought, I don't know. Yeah. Can't say I know enough about them anymore. <laughs> they, they're a massive band, but it's one of them that if you're not like, if you're not into listening about them, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, well, I knew a lot more about them when I was a kid, but I think sort yeah. of like the generational gap is now quite prevalent when it comes to them. Yeah. So. To be honest, I was actually a little bit surprised that the Ant Warrior said Liverpool. Um, it might be because he's from that sort of up north area, but I was a little bit surprised that someone so young knew. No, you just no offense, Warrior. <laughs> it's his parents, any money. I mean, yeah. that's where we got it from, really. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Andy Matters is saying the Philippines. It, I think that might be a slightly different band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's their uh, the copycats. Yeah. Um. Da, 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 da. I'm just going through all my questions. I've got lots of good questions and lots of bad questions. Okay, How bad okay. are the bad ones? That's the real question. Oh, no. What is the capital of Portugal? Capital, capital of Portugal. I feel like I really should know that. <laughs> I thought you were going to come up with it straight away, to be honest. Yeah. Um, can't actually think off the top of my head. Lisbon. It is. is. Yeah, it okay. is Lisbon. Well done. Um, and this is going to be an interesting one again. What is the doll Barbie full name? What is Barbie's full name? Barbie has a full name. She does. Barbie and it's doll. not Barbie. <laughs> um, I have no idea. I thought it was quite interesting, actually. I'm going to have to find out the history behind it. I know Barbie was based on a real person, wasn't she? I've got someone here who knows. What is yeah? it? Barbara Millicent Roberts. <laughs> I think she would know that. Barbara Millicent Roberts. Yeah, that is right. See, <laughs> quite... A weird one, isn't it? To have a middle name as well, Millicent Roberts. I suppose most of us have middle names. The only reason I've got middle names is because my mum couldn't decide which name she actually likes, so she <laughs> just gave all three. Just like that would do. I was named after both my granddads. So my granddad Tom was my Irish granddad, and my granddad David, my middle name, is my English granddad. 
See, that's like my kids. They're both named after after someone. Their middle names are people in the yeah. family. Yeah. If I had a son, he would be called Tom. But I've got three girls, so we just kind of we picked nice names for them. I'd have called one Tom Bellino. I I did try, but my <laughs> wife wasn't up for it. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I tried all sorts. To be fair. Oh wow! I've just seen a diacama male. On the outside of the polyracus tank. Ooh. Yeah, so that's going to be dealt with. Got ya. Yeah. Luckily, I come prepared for situations like this. I always have a little box on top of the tank, just in case one gets out. Yeah, so I've, I've always got little vials around. Yeah. Like, um, I was cleaning out the uh, Messel R&Rs today. And they're in the uh, Wakushi Venus nest, so of course yes. they packed their entire little outworld with the cotton from the tubes. Right. So I, I literally had to get a spare tub there, collect all the workers into the tub, pull yeah. out everything that they had stacked up into the outworld, and then tip all the workers back into the Venus nest. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I like the Venus nests, but I've started finding that I struggle when they get to larger numbers. Yeah, yeah, but that's really that's what those nests are for. If you think about them as like your colony starter nest, yes, that's yes, how I look yeah. at them. Or like where I use them with my polyacus is I've got them as an attachment. So like it goes down and the three tubes act as feeding tubes or water yeah. tubes. So you know I think in that sense when you actually look at it for the, those solutions that it solves, yes. that's pretty. They're yeah, pretty good, no, pretty good yeah. for, for what you get out of them. But yeah, I, I will agree. As soon as that species uh, grows in number, I mean, that's why I asked to get the three ports. So yeah. it gives me a lot more options for expansion. Like right now, I'm going to connect up two Venus nests together. And because I've got the ports on the side rather than just in front, it makes it a lot easier for me to use that space. A hundred times easier, actually, I would think yeah yeah i mean i i still think you should go with the three ports i know he said it sort of like slows it down and, and sort of costs more time but the three ports are, are very very difference yeah see yeah, that's yeah, what that's what i really liked about the ant hut modules the fact that you can connect them in any direction yeah yeah it solves a lot of problems because you're not always going to work with the space that you want you know you yeah. might only have a small shelf or a small space where you know it's not going to work connected end to end but it could connect side to side yeah, definitely. And going up now as well, um, and uh, I pestered him for ages and he made me a vertical setup because vertical just saves so much space. Yeah, well, I've just done that with the Solenopsis. They've got a the massive vertical nest now. Yeah. So what are you using for them as a nest? So they've still got the dirt pod that they were using. Yeah. The, they just, they seem to thrive in it. And I've connected that now to a, a large uh, Antboy UK acrylic nest. Okay. And then that's connected to a Wakushi uh, small species. Um, I can't remember the exact name of the nest, but it's got one of them. And then that goes into an outworld, which is another okay. Antboy UK outworld. But the outworld's a, a temporary solution because um, they will overwhelm that outworld in no time. And it will just yeah. be the same problem. Will you do? Will you be adding a second outworld, or will you be looking to replace your first outworld? So yeah, with the space that I've got, um, it's just one of those IKEA square units. Yeah, so I've yeah. actually got the space of that square to fit everything in, 
so I'll, I'll probably look for sort of like an oblong outworld where the sort of ent entrance for it is in the center rather than at the sides and then yeah. sort of put that in that space because it will fit yeah See, it's just uh, whose arm i can twist to uh <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing i always find right i buy all these shelving units and i think oh i've got loads of space on my shelves and then i go to put it in the shelf and it's like the shelf is too thin not wide yeah enough, it doesn't fit this way or it doesn't fit that way yeah. and then you find yourself getting creative of how you fit it all in it's like at the moment i've got four empty shelves but none of them are like considerably long if you know what i mean they're just little yeah, shelves. yeah. it's like okay i can probably fit one maybe two colonies squeezed next to each other but it's gonna be a push to get anything substantial yeah, depends on how there. big their setups are well that's it i mean they all start small obviously but then they grow don't they yeah yeah i mean we'll look at the polyacus they take up mass amounts of space yes i mean i'm gonna i'm looking once i get to my i'm planning to move this year if it doesn't happen this year it will happen soon I'm, i need to move i need a bigger place and i'm looking to put the polyracus tank inside of a much larger tank and basically dismantle the glass whilst it's there um, just because I'm not going to be able to obviously move the colony out of here very easily, so I'll just build a bigger enclosure yeah, around it. That's the whole thing when when you uh, when the colonies get to a certain size. It's like I'm looking at sort of the Karabora colony, and their pods are getting to the point now where, you know, they they've they've been going for a long time, and yeah. sort of you know the 3D printing is starting to fail. Yeah. Um, you know the the glue worlds are starting to sort of you know i, I think it's I, i've actually like sort of done a bit of experiment on this i think because they've got natural substrate in it and it's damp it just yes. erodes the glue world after time you know it, it just weathers it and it yeah. just starts to come apart so they're just now literally living in like buckets of duct tape and um that needs to be replaced but it's kind of like how on earth do i get the colony out of these setups and into a new setup and yeah where yeah. do I find the space to connect the new setup to try and coax them out of the old ones? Because yeah. normally these kind of, they, they normally in the wild would move from spot to spot, which is what I thought would happen. Yeah. And initially when the colony was smaller, that is what happened. But then of course, as the colony's grown, it's gone, oh, well, now we're big enough to have several satellite nests. So we're not actually moving out of any of these pods. Yeah, and okay. because there's like more than one queen, there's four queens. <sighs> It's kind of like, are they now split down between the pods? Yeah. Are they all in one pod still? I don't know. Yeah, so, I've heard of things like that in the past, actually, where someone's had massive colony. They put, um, like you say, an outworld or a pod the other side of the room and one the other side of the room, hoping that there are satellite nests, and they ended up with a queen in each different nest. Yeah. Yeah, Which, so they'll, they'll spread the space when they want to, and they'll, they'll yeah. keep all of it by having sort of you know breeding queens in there which is good it is unless you're actually trying to coax them into something new well, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and it, with with the natural setups as well as brilliant as they are like you know once they're in they're in you know that's you it can't start digging them out of it, it, it that's genuinely impossible and yeah you know yeah. You'd, you'd have to make those conditions and they're quite dangerously uncomfortable for them to move you yeah. know which means you you're more likely to lose your colony than you are to actually move them yeah no i agree when i when i tried to put the polyracus into this tank it was quite difficult i tried to do the same again dismantling the glass within the tank but the tank itself was too small for me to really 
get anything the done. The thing I do like about the polyacus is they're quite a big species. I mean, me, yes. of my swaps, I've actually, like, sort of, you know, caught them, like, that, painstakingly yeah. hours, transferred them across either by hand or by getting them to climb onto something and then shaking that in and then, you know, yeah. continuously repeating that, that process. That's what I was going to say. In the end, I ended up, um, I pulled out the big jug thing, which is there and that's where they were all kind of living in the smaller enclosure and then like i like you say i just picked out the last ones it wasn't much of an issue past that yeah yeah so is this polyacus colony now that we're looking at it's, yeah polyacus. it's a bit blurry on my screen so i wasn't actually to be honest it's always a little bit blurry um i've worked out what it is right so we upgraded Originally, we were using my mobile Wi-Fi over on my computer and broadcasting over the mobile Wi-Fi. That was awful, right? So I, yeah, yeah, I, I installed broadband, and like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I've worked out what it actually is, is my computer. It needs like another two or three cores to be able to do what I actually need it to do when I'm streaming. So the yeah, next what, what, are you, um, what are you streaming at? What rate are you what, like? What what quality are you streaming at? Um, at the moment, it should be seven twenty, I believe. Yeah, because um, I actually saw a thing where it doesn't matter if you like up your settings; uh, it will only stream at seven twenty on YouTube. Yeah, right. So, so my my computer can't actually keep up with the current rate that we're streaming at. Okay. Right. I, I had my friend who's a computer technician come and have a look. Um, and it's it's basically the oldest technology. Like I could run Windows 98 on this quite happily. Okay, yeah, so it's just a quite hard thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've got one core, and on average, like every computer will have like four or five cores these days. Yeah, it's like four to eight cores these days. Or... Yeah, and I'm literally running on the singular. It's pretty insane. Wow. Um, it's so impressive yeah. that you've got it running, man. I mean, yeah, I know. I know. you, you so might have to like, have a look at your phone because it might be a bit more tech powerful than your computer. <laughs> right. So now that took us on to the next thing. Like, we can do the camera via the phone, but then I have no access to uh, the comment section, that isn't as easy. Um, I can't change the like, layout on the screen, but I can bring you up there and I can put in music and I have the sponsors that I show their banners and things like that. I wouldn't be able to yeah, do yeah. any of that if it was on my phone. So it's it's sort of like finding the best of the two evils. Can you not um like connect the phone via cable to the PC and use the phone to stream the video but still See, control now, it through the PC? That is an interesting concept and I have tried it, but it wouldn't allow me. I think again because my computer is so old. Oh, yeah, just computer says no. <laughs> like, just, your computer's it, 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 Scrooge. It's at the point I just need to upgrade the computer, I think. Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's it's all, it's in the works and it will happen. Um, sometimes we get crystal clear footage, sometimes not. But I'm not going to complain because if it's going to make me blurry, normally you get to see me instead of the tank as well. Normally it's not just the tank. Um, so if it's if it makes my ugly face a little bit less blurry, or more blurry, now you know I have no problem with that. 
hide my mug. Right, who, who needs who needs Snapchat filters when you just got out there, Dick? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you get it. Uh, um, we had a comment from Ant Boy UK once saying, um, "Someone asked what what ants are we watching," and he just put in a black and white still photo. That's how bad the footage has been in the past. So we're definitely getting better. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing improvement. I did think it was Polyacus, but I just yeah. I wasn't sure if you like zoomed in on a, another species and it was like it looked like them. Yeah. Do you still have your uh, shield ants? You did have shield I ants. Do. Do you? I do. They're not they in the same tank anymore. I yeah, yeah. Within literally days of them being in there, but they're still going really strong, great colony. But the only thing about them is they're quite boring. You, know, you you get some of those species where they're more enjoyable to keep, but they're absolutely impossible to make. It's like Mesobarbarus. Like you you can only make so many videos on Mesobarbarus. Yeah. Because like they're they're absolutely wonderful to keep, but because nothing majorly changes with them unless you're like yeah. building new setups, like there's absolutely nothing really to film about them. It's like, hey, look, they've collected a seed, they've turned yeah. the seed into ant bread. Uh, they're wandering around their tank. They're just really pleasurable. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. make great entertainment. That's, that's the only issue. But they are an absolutely amazing species to keep. If you yeah. don't keep Mesobarbarus, think about it. I think I've got a lot of those species, to be honest. <laughs> They're all kind of just happily twaddling along, nothing really happening, in, you know. Yeah. It's the same like the Raitido Panera. You know, they're, they're a really beautiful species, but, you know, nothing apart from like building them a setup and settling them in and showing them that they've grown like really day-to-day -day, nothing happens with the colony they're just quite mellow and chill yeah which which isn't a bad thing i think i can completely understand why ants canada literally makes drama out of nothing if you know what i mean do you know but the thing is he did that bit where he did the stories yeah, yeah. like which i thought were quite cool like he, he turned them into stories but then yeah. when it was like problem of epic proportion or blown out of epic proportion or yeah. problem i've just created to get views or i'm gonna go back on like the things that i laid as like my entire guideline of this hobby that yeah. many people have followed for years like there's just it just got corrupted that's what i'm gonna say like he he just got he just went down a path that just corrupted his soul and you know <laughs> it does happen man you must run out of ideas and you know maybe it was showing like frustrations that he has yeah. with the hobby or you know stuff that was going on in his life or or whatever like i don't want to take a complete stab at the guy like do you know what i mean he is yeah. he is what he is at the end of the day but yeah, i just think it, he made some genuinely bad and poor choices he's human do you know what i mean i'm not going to yeah. hold it against him forever but i yeah, wish he would it. go back to the innocent stories like hey look here's my aunt actually trying to traverse an entire setup and like i'm keeping up with this individual ant which like hey if you've ever tried to film an individual ant like that is oh, a feat of, you know what i mean so yeah. like to actually say like hey you know this is this ant and put a you know 20 minute episode into it or something that's quite impressive but it is. i just wish he had stayed along that lines or you know carried on like getting ever more inventive with his setups or even if he just kept that but maybe did different content to boost rather than just getting a bit psychotic with the species <laughs> yeah no i i agree like his content is amazing second to none really but it's just it, like you say he went down a bad path and i i can't follow that but I, I have desperately been trying to get him on for an interview um 
so we can talk to him about it. You know, I, I always say I'm, I don't like to have a go at people if they're not. I think one of his issues themselves. now, though, like he doesn't, he doesn't seem to like to be challenged on the hobby. Yes. And he yeah. doesn't engage with the community anymore. He is, this is what I am. You'll follow me, but yeah. I will not have any engagement with you. And I think in the beginning, because he was so engaged with the community, again, that just like, that's how you built yourself. How can you just like turn your back on that? Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? You don't engage with the community now unless it's on your terms or unless you're being paid to turn up for something. It's kind of like, you know, like at the end of the day, like, you know, these people are supporting you. They're following your channel. Like, just give them a little bit of time or or be engaged, like, however, however, yeah. like, you need to be. Like, even me, like, when people comment on my videos, even though I haven't been posting any, I definitely try and put that time in to get back yeah. to them. You know, sometimes it might take me a few days or a week, but I definitely get back to all the comments and just try to connect with them because it, they deserve that time. You know, how yeah. can you, you know, it, it's it's people see it as a one-way street but i see it as sort of like a a mutual thing you know yeah. you're giving to them and they're giving to you so like you know there is there is a, a sort of mutual relationship there definitely i i try and be like anyone in the chat knows i am here for anything you know what i mean they all send me a message anytime i always get back to everyone try and answer every comment like you say it's that communication and mutual respect you know it's it's not nice to be ignored by anyone. No, no. You know, I, I understand as well, like, if you look at the scale of what he has to connect with, but it's kind of like, you know, how much, how hard would it be for you to actually just connect with other, yeah. other ant keepers who are also content creators in, in a way, or like, you know, genuinely like just, you know, e even those young keepers, yeah, how much would it mean for them for him to spend, you know, half an hour in his life just to be like, oh, look, I'm going to jump on your video, man, and just like, you know, make your day. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and like, you oh, know, yeah, share, share whatever. It's kind of like, I just feel like that passion in him has gone. And that's yeah. one of the things I think that hurt me the most is I felt like, you know, that, that passion had gone and and he, he just has no interest unless it's like yeah. on his way and it, it's just the way it feels like it's the way it's portrayed and he might yeah. see it differently because you know you do see it differently when you're on the other side of the fence but you know i, I just see like what's the, what's the harm like what, like be a part of the community that 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 follows you for so long and sort of you know helps you become what you are in a yeah, sense you are, but, yeah you know it is it's like building a channel on shooting and then just like not engaging with anyone about shooting like do you know what i mean it's kind of like you you know it's, it's kind of like well this this is it this is what i'm gonna do and it's kind of like you know you you wouldn't it's keep it like very... yeah yeah that's it's how really, it comes across. yeah yeah i yeah can't we do i will say the only well i've had one comment back from ants canada about uh, my polyracus dives actually this colony here um and he said that he loved it or whatever but i actually get more engagement from him when we're talking about dieting and bodybuilding well that's what he's into at the moment and that's what that i mean is, by yeah. where i say like you know the, it, i think that's what's showing in his content is that passion for the actual hobby it isn't there anymore and now yeah. it's a job and it feels like a job do you know what i mean and like yeah i do get that but like he could be he could easily transfer like a lot of his stuff by splitting down his channels and having like a bodybuilding channel if that's what he wanted to do yeah. and just say, look guys you know the ants are going to be put on the shelf now 
you know, I've done this for so long or, you know, it's not going to be as frequent or whatever because I've got to I've got to do this or you will have a different type of video. Like maybe he should think about sort of like outsourcing some of it or creating like, um, you know, another way. Like um, he, he's at that scale now where he could easily like if you look at some of the new TV channels that are out, he could easily set up a TV channel and just get like loads of like what like bring like basically be like an agent bring on his own little like ant keepers yeah. and be like hey look here's here's your budget to produce this this show but it has to be to this quality and da -da -da and run through whatever and and you know then he'll be like hey guys look this is what I've got now it's the Ants Canada Ants channel like do you know what I mean yeah, and I guarantee you he'll, he'll get like tons of tons of followers but he's at that scale where he can make something like that happen and if that if that's what he needs to do is to sort of hand over that that sort of yeah. responsibility to it because it, it does, it's not something that's for him anymore or, or what he's interested in or what he wants to put his time into then yeah. you know he could still find ways to adapt rather than sort of I feel what he has been doing which yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not necessarily going to agree with it but I'm not going to like bag on the guy for it but I'm just <laughs> gonna say it's 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 what i think it should be like yeah no i agree i agree yeah. i'm just looking back through the going back through the comments quickly making sure i haven't missed anything no i haven't missed anything just drop the phone we were in the middle of a quiz do we fancy a few more questions <laughs> yeah let's let's carry on with the quiz i don't right. know where we went quiz it kind of took a, a road down the right just <laughs> um, what did Al Capone's business card state his occupation was? That's an interesting one. That's a, that is an interesting one. You'll probably, when I say it, you'll be like, ah, okay, actually, I've heard of that before. Don't know. Anyone uh, in the chat want to have a little go at that? A businessman? <laughs> do you, um, Not well off, yeah. Car salesman? Really, really close. Adam's saying doctor. It wasn't a doctor. Could you imagine Al Capone turning up? I'm a doctor. <laughs> well, he definitely did surgery on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Taylor? No. I'm going to come out with it in about 30 seconds. Go on, I think you're going to have to hear us with it. I, I genuinely don't don't know that one a used furniture salesman fair play furniture dealer crazy antics said furniture dealer yeah oh yeah yeah he had it yeah yeah i i have That's heard good. of that before you know furniture sales yeah um what is the world's smallest bird smallest bird is it the hummingbird it is yes hummingbird well done i've got a couple more questions here some of them are complete lunacy so i'm not gonna um, i think lunacy are the best ones you actually learn something well i didn't know about the business card of al capone so you know, i was taking a stab in the dark like you know it's a second car salesperson or something like that something that ends up crushed it kind of <laughs> it works um what sport did Neil Adams excel in? No idea who he is. Well, he didn't walk on the moon because that was Neil Armstrong. So, um, Armstrong, yeah. Uh, javelin? Judo. 
judo. Oh, I should have actually known that. <laughs> yeah, are you big into judo? Oh, I, yeah, I used to be when I was when I was younger. I actually trained for the uh, junior Olympics. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I didn't get in there. Like there was this other kid in my class. Uh, well, in my uh, dojo junior, like he smashed it and he went and did it. So. Still fair play to you for getting to that level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it, man. I had to do like a twenty-four hour judo competition and and all that kind of stuff. Hour. Yeah, yeah, it was a 24-hour judo competition, and it was like literally you, you slept between fights and wow. them, and it was it was like a proper stamina test, like. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I've I've seen stuff like that with boxing matches where you have like six or seven in a night sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's hard work. Well, we had like four clubs, and you you basically had to go through the fighters of the clubs. So like everyone yeah. like took turns at getting their fights. So like. You'd have like a maybe like an hour or two hours between your thing. You'd sleep, and then there was like a larger gap where you you actually had to get proper sleep because we were yeah. still under eighteen at the time. Wow, that that's really hard on the body, really hard. Like waking up and going straight into it, sort of thing, really difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it's sort of the discipline of it, and you yeah. know, something I was quite proud of being part of. Like it definitely uh, spurred me on in life for for having that experience. Yeah, definitely. I think it like hardened you a bit as well. Not like strength wise, but mentally. Like when challenges come up against you, you know, you just kind of push through a bit harder. I find that's definitely what uh, boxing gave to me, anyways. Yeah, I think all all martial arts and stuff like that they do teach that discipline. They do teach you sort of, you know, get into what you think is your boundary and pushing past it. I think it, it wouldn't be a good martial art if it didn't, because, you know, it, it's one of the, the whole thing about a martial art is becoming a master of your art. So, you know, it, it's, it's sort of mastering that, that, yeah. that yeah. cadre that you do. They say it's like 10,000 hours or something, isn't it? To become like... Yeah. 10,000 10, hours to be a professional. They say on average, if you do something for 10,000 hours, then you're sort of like basic level professional. Well, you should be well practiced at it by that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, here's an easy question for everyone to answer. If if you don't get it right, I'm slightly disappointed. Apart from uh, Ant Warrior, I'll let you off. Um, who sang the song, Losing My Religion? That oh, is yeah. easy. Especially if you grew up in the 90s. Or early 2000s. I, I did, but I'm just rubbish with band names. Like, or <laughs> it, names it, of came, any it was a hit on the same year I was born, 1991. 1991. What right, a classic look. song as well. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with what these lot are saying, that it's R.E.M. Yeah, it is R.E.M. And I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, amazing band. I'm trying to think what it was called. Was it I'm Sorry? Is that why I am? Or... Not sure. So I'm so bad Is with it? the name. I normally um, just remember the uh, the chorus. End, end of the world as we know it. And they did loads of great songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Um, what is the name of the band with the mem members John Deacon and Roger Taylor? John Deacon and Roger Taylor. <laughs> One of the biggest bands ever. I'm just going to go with what Kat said. Shiny happy people. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a great song. So many happy people. Yeah. They I did that know. in collaboration yeah. with um, the ones which did Love Shack. I can't remember who they're called. What they're called? Oh yeah, that's a, that's another brilliant song, Love Shack. Yeah. Oh man, that's taking me back to my childhood, there, man. <laughs> I got you singing on stream. <laughs> uh, and I can't sing to save my life. I apologize for all of you that have no, a brain. It's in. fine. They, they normally put up with me singing and dancing and <laughs> having all sorts of madness to myself. Um, <laughs> and in deck. Do you know what? Yeah, I, I feel so bad because I've terrorized those guys throughout my life. Like, I genuinely have. <laughs> and I better know them as PJ and Duncan if you really want to terrorize yes. them. Yes. They, they, live, they live a couple doors down from my friend's house. So my entire teenage years, I literally every time I saw them, I was just like PJ and Duncan, like terrorized. And then uh, oh, one day I was working at the Baftas, and they popped around the corner, and like they see me there smiling at them, and they was like, "How on earth did you get in here?" And I was like, yeah. "Well, <laughs> brilliant. You're not gonna escape me now." And they both looked so depressed, man. Oh, the joy. <laughs> I, I like their bit where they um they tell people to do silly things, don't they? Like yeah, yeah. In the year. That's brilliant. I think that's brilliant. I definitely need that on the show. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, so going back to the question, um, John Deacon and Roger Taylor. It is not the Eagles, Katrina and Warrior. Well done. It is Queen, joined by Brian mm. May and Freddie Mercury. Ah. Of, uh, John Deacon was the bassist. See, I'm, I'm rubbish with the names of stuff. Like even celebrities, when I get a job to like look after them, I often have to be like, which one's that? Yeah, I'm oh, not. Yeah, like, they're from like this movie, this movie, that movie, or whatever. Like half the time, I just have no clue. I'm I'm normally pretty bad. My kind of thing is I get confused. So if I see. Like Johnny Depp, he was the pirate guy for ages, wasn't he? Now, if I see yeah, him yeah. in another film, I'm like, why is he not a pirate anymore? Like, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, in yeah. my head, he is that guy. He is a pirate. It's like um, yeah, yeah. if I see Harrison Ford in Star Wars and then I go and watch Indiana Jones, it just confuses the hell out of me. Yeah, man. Like, what's Han Solo doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? Why is he being chased by Nazis? Stormtroopers have changed. <laughs> oh dear. to be um, fair so then, it basically is just like han solo is basically like him from it is from yeah Earth have you Earth, seen you know, that in, they in, put in, um in i think it's the lost ark or one of those films they've got a symbol of r2d2 and 3 cpa no i haven't seen that yeah on the side of the ark like the ark of the covenant or something they got a little detail of it and it was like a shout out to the star wars proper little easter egg like yeah yeah i like that yeah they like little things like that especially star wars they're great for easter eggs yeah yeah um last few questions so in the 1960s which american pop group created the surfing sound the surfing sound It's quite an easy one if you think about it. Beach Boys. It was the Beach the Monkeys. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I like the Beach Boys, the one I can listen to quite a lot. Yeah, they got some good tunes. 
Classics. Right. Here's a hard one. This is going to be a bit of a long one. Name the countries on where you can find these landmarks. So the pyramids. Who knows where we can find the pyramids? Yeah, Egypt. Egypt. The Colosseum. Rome. Rome, yeah. Ang I can never pronounce it. Angkor Wat. That is in... Uh, where I really want to go. Um, not Philippines. It's in Peru. No, no. not quite. It's in one of the South American countries, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, it's in... Oh, wait, I'm getting it confused. Yeah, you're on the wrong side of the world. It, it, no, because there's, there's two temples that are very similar, which I really want to go to. One's Angkor Wat and the other one. Andy Matt is saying Polynesia. Adam said China. Cambodia. It is Cambodia. Well done. Oh, yeah, yeah Cambodia. Yeah. I was trying to think which one was it. I was going through my head. I was like, it's not Philippines, it's not Malaysia. It's one of them. It's an amazing temple. I think it was actually built as a temple, and then the city around it is much larger and hasn't been excavated. But yeah, yeah. From what I remember, the actual site itself is absolutely massive. Yeah, it's, they're, still, they're still mapping it now. They did um, a load of 3D mapping, and they found out there's, like, tons more of it mapped out, and they found That's that satellite yeah. mapping, which maps out even more of it so it's like they, they know a lot more in detail now but they said like you know it's still going to take a few more years to gather all the data um does anyone know where the Taj Mahal is um that, that's an easy one India it is in India yeah the uh, I'm gonna have to pronounce this right Gooch Tower J-U-C-H-E Gooch Tower Goucher, Germany. I'll, I'll put it up on the screen. Parlez-vous français? Um, oh, I'm trying to think. The Jewish Tower. Depends on how that. Depends on what language that J belongs to, because that could be a H, or that could. Ah, be. it could, yeah. So. Uh, Crazy Antics says Taiwan. Antimata says Turkey. Not right yet. I'm going to say it's it's not one we probably know of, to be honest, because it's... it's is it Latin American or is it... Um, no, it's it's over in Asia. That's the hint. Asia. Are we going to say Korea? Yeah, Crazy Antics is just put in as well. Yeah. North Korea. So, like I say, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't know that one, because I, I don't know much about what's in North Korea. I know there's North Korea. <laughs> I know that there's Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that, and there's lots of big empty roads. Actually just successfully tested their first ballistic missile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's quite scary, let's be honest, but they've always... I don't know, been man, he's still, he's still, like, years... I mean, the guy's only just developed a working yeah. missile. Like, trust me, like, the rest of the world is like, oh, ain't that cute? <laughs> Look at him. He's going to be leaving nursery next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. America's still there, like, wait till I get out of high school. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, right. Right. 
No, that's an awful question. God. Some of these questions, they just, if they don't make sense to me, I can't read them, can I? <laughs> I don't know, try us. Right. Let's it, see no, what's the one that sense. Which actor played James Bond before Daniel Craig? Who played James Bond before Daniel Craig? It weren't Pierce Brosnan, was it? No. Or someone after Pierce Brosnan. I think. It was, it, it was Pierce. Oh, See, was it whenever Pierce? I think of um, Bond, that's the Bond I think of. Nah, nah, for me it's Sean Connery, man. Yeah, see, I think, like you say, it's that generational like thing. Yeah, I mean, Pierce was like sort of 90s, 2000s, when he like. I just lost total respect for him when like he did that thing where he walked up to the plane ring. You could clearly see that his body double that rolled underneath it, and then like he yeah. made out like he stood back up and like done up his bow tie or something, and I was like, that is hilarious. Yeah. But, um. Which board game consists of 40 spaces, 28 properties, and four railroads? Or wouldn't that have to be Monopoly? That is Monopoly. That's a pretty easy one, actually, isn't it? Okay, okay. The game In which game capitalism. do you have to collect as many marbles as possible? But marbles? With right? a hippo. Oh, with a hippo. Oh, fuck. Happy, happy hippo. <laughs> if I left that last bit out, it could have been anything. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's that one where you pull all the sticks out as well. And, yeah, well, um, what's that? Kaplunk? Yeah, Kaplunk. Yeah, that's an alright game. I, I play a lot of these things with my kids, actually. I I, I'm really good at hungry hippos. Yeah. you got to work out, like, if you, you prep the table, right? So you got to prep the table, right, if you're setting up for hungry hippos. Way you yes, do that, you to get, everyone else. Yeah, you get like a little coaster or something and put it yeah, under there, and, under it. <laughs> and then all the balls balls roll down into yours, and you win every time. <laughs> That's definitely one way to do it. The day my kids beat me, the day they work out I've been cheating the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Just see you there with a the spirit level, like, yep, yep, now we're in play. Yeah, yeah, it, it gets to that point. Like, my kids know what I'm like. They're like, Daddy, stop it. We know what you're planning. I can come in the room, and if I've got a smile on my face, they tell me off. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, go out fun with them. Yeah, you know? they're not old enough to work yet, so they gotta be funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have to work for food. Yeah, that's it. I said, like, we had um, a friend of them staying over the whole weekend, Easter and everything. And I said, it's not going to be long before I start charging rent. <laughs> I don't mind kids, but, yeah, I could do with that extra rent money. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's what I say right. to the spiders that live in the front room. Like, they all have lease agreements, yeah? And if they don't keep to their little lease agreements, then they become ant food. Yeah, yeah, too late. You know, so then, sometimes they put in permissions and they're just like, may I have this corner, please, where I'm not going <laughs> to trouble anyone. I'm like, yeah, you may have that corner. And then it moves across and it's like, I'm just expanding my property. And I was like, whoa, whoa. There was no, no planning permission put in for this. Like, I didn't I didn't sign this off. Like, no, this, is, this isn't how it works. And then I'm like, I come back and it's like, it's got even bigger. And I'm like, no, no, that's it. Sorry, you've uh, broke the law. You are going to see the lawmakers and the lawmakers will feast upon you. <laughs> 
it, this that's kind of um, that's kind of a breakdown of how my wife moved into our house. <laughs> like you could have that small shelf over there, and then it was like, oh, I need this extra shelf, and now I need the whole cupboard. Oh, that's now I'm going to move it because it's yeah. easier to live here than have to go back all the time. It's fine. It's fine. Gave up all my free space and ended up with three children. Uh, you can't knock it, man. Nah, no, nah, I love them. You know that. Um, last couple of questions. In alphabetical order, can you name the three particles that make up an atom? In alphabetical order? Yeah. Uh, that, that messes with it, doesn't it? Electron? Electron is first, yeah. Neutron? Yeah. Proton? Well done. Smashed it. Hey. It's not, not as easy as it should be. <laughs> nope. Just kind of took it out of there. But that's the end of the quiz. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, oh, encore. We should have one more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going back through. I am an evil parent, Aunt Warrior. Thank you. It, it, when you're a parent, you'll fully understand that every parent has a right to be evil. I am about as evil as grew without any yeah. minions in my life. Yeah, I am. Like, <laughs> I think I think it's important. I'm really nice to my kids, but I think it's important to show them how hard life is going to be. <laughs> oh yeah, don't sugarcoat it, man, because they're just going to have more of a shock when they become adults. Or so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, one of the main things I've tried to do with my kids is if I give them pocket money, I don't want them to go spend a quid on sweets or whatever. I want them to go and buy the penny sweets and try and make it work. Or my oldest, if I give her a one pound coin and say, go buy yourself something in the shop, she'll go in and look for the multi-pack deals. And she'll come out with like a whole packet of ice creams for a quid. And be like, but these are all mine, so I can have them whenever. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, you've outsmarted us there. See, now the real one is to tell her to go in to do that and come back with two quid. <laughs> yeah, if they could do that, they will all Stage happy, two of right? having a capitalist child, 2022. <laughs> you got to pull the puppy dog eyes. Yeah, see, the thing is, my daughter's still at that age where I give her a pound, she goes in and somehow, like, she gives the person at the counter this look, and they're just like, oh, no, you can have that item, don't worry about it. She's just like, woo, win. Yeah. I'm just like, Why doesn't that happen is. later in life? I'm still cute. Hey, it seems to happen for the uh, the other sex, but definitely not for us. Like, go to a bar with <laughs> a woman and see how many drinks you get. Well, I, I've always said if I was a woman, I would use it to my advantage. Right? I'm not trying to be offensive to women right now. I'm not saying that they do or anything, but I definitely would. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> mind like being called all the names under the sun. I would make my way through life being a woman. Yeah, why not, man? Why not? <laughs> Simple as that. Use what you got in life, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you've got it, flaunt it, and whatever they say. I I, I don't have it, so I don't flaunt it. <laughs> um, my dad makes look for the best deal. It's like a mass lesson. Yeah, it should be a mass lesson every time you walk into a shop, Aunt Warrior, too, right? Try yeah, coming shopping with me. With the price of everything, I go around with a calculator going, how much? Yeah, yeah, I literally count. <laughs> I as still got to get fuel. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, when you're living on a but it's not even a budget anymore. It's like it's not even like we're living on a budget. It's literally like like that money has to go there, that money has to go there, and then by the end of it you've got nothing left anyways. No, the, the, there used to be a budget. Now there's just how much will the bank lend me until I go on? Yeah. There? Yeah. How much can I get until when? Yeah. Yeah. How much debt can I get into before they realise I I can see? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really lucky, crazy antics. I don't drive, so I don't have any fuel costs. But see, I, if, I, I go, if I go and get a taxi or everything's gone up, the only time I save money there is on my cycling. I cycle everywhere, basically. Um, if I even if I have to cycle like 30 miles down back, I'll do it. See, I got the dirty diesel where I was like, hey, I'm being smart. I'm getting more miles to the gallon now. And then suddenly yeah. it was like, nope, you're going to get slapped even harder for being a diesel. Yeah, yeah, that's it, because they're getting rid of diesels altogether, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and they, they've just, like, changed the tax on them as well. So you're, like, taxed by how much uh, pollutants it puts out or something. Right. It's just, like, I already paid, like, £500 for road tax. Like, it's going to be, like, a grand or something next time I go Ooh. to pay for road tax. And it's, like, this is road tax. Like, seriously, yeah. I, pay, I pay tax from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed and still pay tax in my sleep. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, man. do you know what I mean? Like, everything I buy is taxed. Like, everything I yeah. do is taxed. Every bit I earn is taxed. Come on. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Something definitely needs to change because I think oh, it's, it's the British way, man. We wouldn't we wouldn't have the slogan "Born Free" and taxes if otherwise. Well, it's yeah. just now it's getting bad. Like, and we're not even getting benefits for it. At least, like, I know everyone hates Tony Blair and they blame him as a war criminal or whatever. But like, genuinely, uh, the way he ran the country back then, the country yeah. never had it so good. And yeah. like, people are like, "Oh, tax was high then. Tax was high, yeah." But look how cheap the cost of living was because all our taxes went into public bodies, as in public train, public war. Yeah. So we got all of that subsidized with the taxes that we were paying. So basically, we were paying a very, very small amount for a very big service each and then complaining about it. And now all of that's privatized. So we're paying a massive amount, which goes to shareholders who already have a massive amount. Yeah. The service ain't getting any better, but the costs are going up because it's all about profits, not about, you know, sustaining yeah. the system. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I've said that actually a lot lately that nothing, the price is going up, but like you say, the service hasn't improved in anything. And they, I don't know anything, what the problem is now. They privatise the rail system. The rail networks will need to be upgraded. Yeah. And they're saying, well, that's a taxpayer's problem. Well, no, you, you bought it as a private company. Yeah, it's, it a new problem. it's like, well, how are you going to convince us to spend our profits on sorting it out when we're saying it's not an us problem, it's a you problem? We still yeah, convince cool. you to pay taxes into a system that's privately owned. So, hey, we're just bumping up our profits left, right, and center and charging yeah. you the nose for a broken system. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's not right, really, is it? That's capitalism, sadly. That is uh, capitalism. That's that's the world we live in, though, isn't it? It's, I don't, you know, something needs to change, but I don't know if it ever will. Oh, well, you say that you never know, man. I mean, we could be living on the scary time of a great reset soon. It could could all well, go. Yeah, up. yeah. I mean, the start of World War One and World War Two, everything was changing, so it might be us as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, just before both of those wars, it was like mass depressions as well, which is just what we've suffered. Yes. You know, and if you look at the companies that sort of became big in World War One and World War Two, they're the big multinational corporations that you see now. And they suddenly realized, hold on a second, that a war economy is a very profitable economy for them. 
Yeah, yeah, no, the war economy is massively profitable to them. I'll just jump back through the chat. Don't think we've missed anything. If anyone has any questions for JB, please do send them in because I don't know uh, you're going to be very busy for a while again, aren't you, JB? Yeah, I've literally only at, I'm only at home today, and then I'm I'm back off again. Yeah, so um, it's been absolutely amazing that you came on. Honestly, I can't thank you enough. Oh, it was, it was good. Yeah, man. I mean, when I saw the time after I finished recording the Solanopsis, I was like, ah, maybe I missed mm -hmm. it. These things happen between eight and nine. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah. to get on so, and catch um, We start the show generally at half eight with the pre show feeding, but we don't normally start talking till nine. Um, quite often we go up, well, we normally go on till 11, but quite often we go on till midnight or whatever, just whenever I shut up, basically. That's good. It's all right. Yeah. You want yeah, in the I mean, Some nights we have like it's just such a great community that I can, I struggle to leave them. You know what I mean? I really struggle to say goodbye to everyone because they're all so awesome. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're there, why not? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, it's a lock in at the pub now, lads. If you didn't go home before, you're at the yeah. bar. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what it feels like. Oh, I I do not miss the lock ins. Right, like, I used to work in farming and um. The boss would be like, "Look, we're having the lock-in tonight. You're gonna work, aren't you?" Oh no! So I don't drink. I have to stay up all night. See, so, I was the other side of the bar, man. I was just like, "Rack them in." Yeah. <laughs> Let's get going. Tequila. One, two, three, floor. Yeah. See, I, I I was like that, but I stopped drinking when I was actually working in the pub because it was like it just got too much. You know, everyone was like, "Oh, have a drink, have a drink," and you know, it, it just got too much. Yeah, I can imagine, man. It's like borderline alcoholism, like. Yeah, yeah. Like I've got a very addictive personality as it is, so we don't want to tempt fate too much. Yeah, um, as I've got older now, like especially through like things I've been through in my life, it was kind of like, yeah, I've got kids now and that. I still yeah. socially drink, like, but I haven't had a a legless night in a, in a long time. But nowadays, yeah. I, I don't know if it's an age thing, but like. I used to get up in the morning after a heavy night drinking and I could do like a five mile run and just be like, yeah. that's not, it's fine. Now, yeah. the next four days, yeah, <laughs> death has dragged me down into his cell and yeah. it's just abusing every human right I have yeah. while I'm yeah. slowly dying of some kind of death that doesn't exist and my soul is just being tormented. I don't even know what it is anymore. I wouldn't even call it a hangover. It is literally... <laughs> death and rebirth because four days later you're just like oh my god how did i survive that i've just been taken by the taliban <laughs> yeah so you're right it's horrible at our age i don't know what it, like you say when we were younger i could go out and drink um get up the next day do what i need to do and then go drink some more now it's like i wouldn't even think about getting out of bed for a few days like you say yeah it's just death man yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm glad I don't drink because um, when I do all my athlete stuff, some of them test you. And if you've had alcohol in like the last four weeks, they won't let you compete and things like that. Yeah, there was a, a job that I did and they, they were like, oh, we test your blood, but you need to have been uh, clean of any prescription drugs or alcohol yeah. for 12 months. Wow. And I was like, wow, I, I don't know who you're going to find nowadays, especially in, in my career, who hasn't had prescription drugs or alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you eat the right um, ready meal, then you'll probably flag up on it. 
Oh yeah, man, just just have something with a ton of poppy seeds in it, or but everyone right. takes a paracetamol and ibuprofen every now and then. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, you know they still pop up because it would, it'll pop up as opiates, isn't it? So yeah, definitely, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think that's ever been an issue for me, but I am on medication anyways, and like I have to make all the competitions aware of what I'm on and my health conditions and stuff. Yeah, I mean, maybe after I got injured, they were a bit like, hey. There's this stuff called cocodromol. It's highly addictive and you shouldn't take it, but we want you to take it for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, okay. what do you mean? Like, I don't want to be reliant on this stuff. Like, When I was first diagnosed, I spent just over a year in the hospital and I was on Ormorph the whole time. Oh, wow, yeah. That's like morphine, isn't it, basically? Yeah, that's like the step under morphine. And coming yeah, off yeah. it, like I was having withdrawal symptoms and sweating and it was a proper... You know, you had to literally break the cycle of having it. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. Didn't realize how much it had affected me, but yeah. Yeah, I literally only take painkillers now when like the pain barrier gets past. Like, I don't want to yeah. just be taking them all day, every day. Like, and yeah, they, they yeah. become ineffective at that point as well. It's kind of you're just killing your liver and kidneys for no reason. Yeah, yeah. See, I I try not to take them. Um, I'd rather go to hospital and have them inject me with something than take more pills. But again, that's because I'm on such a high dose of medication already. Like you say, it screws your liver, your stomach. Um, I have to take two pills just to counteract the bad effects it's having on my body of all the other pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never want to be in that situation. That's not. Yeah, and then. I mean, I've lost all my teeth. You might know. I quite often say i've got no teeth at all and that is because of the bad effects of medication as well oh yeah i'd, I'd say the same like from where i was taking cocotamon ibuprofen so much it like damaged my stomach i was throwing up a lot after meals and stuff yeah and like you know that that caused a lot of like erosion and, and corrosion yes, it does, yeah. so yeah it, it's a weird one isn't it but yeah gotta do these things to get better sometimes yeah, well, that's the thing. Half our cures are just another way to stay ill on something else, man. That's yeah. why I think, like our, our, our pharmaceutical industry is terrible because they really don't want to cure the problem. They're just like, how much money can we make off these opiates? And this yeah. is legal, right? So those heroin dealers over there, yeah, they're bad, but we're good, right? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> you tell everyone that we're good, we're the good guys. Yeah, you take that heroin and the pill, my friend. That's that's good heroin. Like that's bad heroin. Don't take that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, that's completely right. It's. I, I don't agree with, like, because when I was given Ormorph, I wasn't told anything about it, right? It was no opiate or anything. And I wasn't really in a place to be told about it either. I was pretty much dying. Um, but looking back on it, I probably would have said, no, don't put me on it for a whole year. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you need something. Yeah, I mean, like, from, from the uh, dawn of humankind, we've, we've messed with some kind of drug because... The truth is like reality is harsh like yes. you know what i mean like no matter what whether it's to like take time out to heal up or take time out for whatever like reality is harsh and everyone tends to have some kind of kink and if you've got those people that are like yeah i don't take nothing like i don't even take a prescription pill it's like yeah that's why you got ocd and medley <laughs> Yeah. Like they, those people are always high strung. Do you know what I mean? It's kind yeah, of like, yeah. yeah, I can see why you don't drink, don't take medication, don't do whatever. It's because you are already high as hell. Because <laughs> you're already yeah. there, yeah. Like reality broke you, didn't it? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I I try and avoid more pills if I can. I'm on, I'm on twenty something pills a day at the moment, and 
injections every month and all sorts. Yeah, that's crazy, man. But if it keeps you alive, that's... That's it. It's keeping me alive. I'm hoping that, um, like you said earlier, because of the COVID, they've started researching my illness a bit more. Um, years and years ago, they basically decided there's no cure for it, and they just gave up. Um, yeah, no and then the pharmaceuticals move in. It's like, hey, slip this. Oh, will that fix it? No, it'll make yeah. you forget that you need to fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We can deal with that. Um, yeah, there's like there's no support or no funding, no research or anything happening for my condition. So hopefully it might spur spur them to do something a bit better into it. What's the name of your condition, if you don't mind me? I've asking. got bronchiectasis, which is the brother disease to cystic fibrosis. Okay. I've also got emphysema, yep. um, a blood disorder called recurring henoxylene purpura. Got oh. osteoporosis and a few other things wow man yeah so i'm falling apart all in all i mean i've got osteoporosis on my legs so i know yeah osteoporosis sucks yeah yeah hollering um, the brain, man makes it very brittle yeah that's it so when i go into a boxing match they're like should you really be here I'm like, no but i'm here <laughs> <laughs> No, you're going to have to break me. Listen to yeah, the Yeah, pretty much. Um, when I did my last strongman competition, I went to do the overhead press and my shoulder literally popped out. Um, and after the event, I went over to like the medical guy and I was like, oh, do you mind just like giving it like a rub, making sure it's gone back into its place properly? And he was yeah. looking at me like, you really shouldn't be competing. I would highly advise against it. I'm like, yeah, but I'm already here. <laughs> this is what I do. Uh I don't mind. I've always said I'll do it up until the point I can't do it anymore, and then I'll just stop, won't I? Yeah, yeah. But how do you know you've got to your to the point where it's like beyond sort of? Well, that's it. When I when what I can't your... literally do it anymore, like um, it's hard to explain. But some days, right, I can get into the gym and I'll lift a hundred kilograms, and it will feel light and easy. The next day, I can do exactly the same, and it feels hard and heavy and so much more energy and it all depends yeah, yeah. on how my body is feeling at the time but I, I know i'm getting to the point now where my body's starting to decline anyways like most people in my condition die at about my age now so i'm starting to hit that downwards road so i've always sort of said if i can like, at, at this point in time if you said run a marathon i could go and run a marathon without thinking about it if i get to the point where I can't just drop a hat and run. I, I've got to seriously rethink my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Because it's like, I, I I see myself as an elite athlete. If I drop from that status, then I'm sort of, something's going wrong. But I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to stay at this point for ages. I know that. I, I'm currently the only person in the world who competes in boxing triathlon and strongman that's impressive man yeah yeah thank you it's it's good fun i, I enjoy it i'm no good at it don't get me wrong i never win <laughs> but I, I enjoy it yeah well you can't say you're not good at it man. i mean everyone has like their own sort yeah. of goal do you know that like, you, you know i mean you're breaking your own record so who do you have to if that's where you, you you rank in it then as, as long as you're satisfied with what you're achieving and you know that you're 
in a happy place and you enjoy doing it man then that's what it's about like do you know what i mean 100 percent. that's always been my sort of idea to stuff i suppose that's why i've never been a massive fan of competitive sports but it's kind of like you know it's a, you appreciate everyone for what they do rather than yeah yeah you know try and, and strong say strongman is so much like that everyone like you're competing against other people but they're the most supportive people in the world if you know what i mean they all turn around yeah I've, I've noticed that like from from when i've been around people who are in the sport and sort of how they are and how they are with people and each other and stuff like that very humble so yeah. you know it's amazing to see that a lot of great sportsmanship is what i'd, what I'd say you get out yeah. of that sort Definitely. of like industry which, which is really not like i i've spent my last probably six years like highly in the strongman community and like that was what i was used to like everyone's so nice and helpful and yeah and like bringing that over to the ant world has been a little bit iffy we could say yeah i mean me i had i had a lot of like bumps in the road in the beginning because like you know i really tried to push that sort of like community thing and it really puzzled me that like for a hobby that's about keeping a species that's built around community like why is there like yeah or what felt like at the time either such a fractured or non-existent community it was like yes you know i, I don't feel like much was like joined together and it was like sort of like seeing that all form and and finding people who had like that same sort of belief and passion and then seeing things grow and you know even even while i have i'm not i'm not saying i i i started it by any means but i'd definitely say like it's been really nice to watch the whole group of people i would say who had the same sort of ideas like putting stuff together and, and going out and seeing a whole new branch of the community formed from it like i, I definitely see now in like the last few years there's a lot more people working together than there was like a, a couple of years ago even yeah, I think that's really right. Like, I, I would say it's a massive part down to you, to be honest, JB, because you you were there at the start when we all started kind of trying to form this community and get these ideas rolling and things like that. I'd say a lot of it. Yeah, but that's, that's the whole thing about a community, man. You can't do it alone. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, and like, I could only take it so far with what I wanted. And like, I felt like you know I, I hit a lot of brick walls but then you know there was a little group that was formed and it wasn't just me trying to build something it was these same people who felt the same way who wanted yeah. to see the same thing and that was like the birth of the community and what that's become now if you look at all the little uh sort of like group channels the live chats the you know they're all community based they're all about yeah. bringing this community together and there's you know all these people working together to make it happen finally it's like it feels like that barrier has been broken yeah. and in the beginning it was more about trying to break that barrier and everyone was like no who are you this is my thing and there seemed to be this whole thing well you know me and you can't have the same subs and it's like well logically if you think about it yeah, like not competing with each other like someone who likes my stuff will like your stuff yeah. you know they'll either sub to us or they won't like is there's not really a competition for us to try and gain that so i don't really see why people felt there was do you know what i mean it was more just like you know we've got stuff to share rather than compete with and it was breaking down that kind of like um youtube culture i'd say it more was than an ant keeping culture if you know what i mean yeah yeah no I, I agree with that like um it's something i always try and say like there's no point in competing like you say we all share subs like it's it, it's just crazy it's crazy yeah yeah but there, there is that there is that 
um, I don't know how to say it. There is people out there who see it as a competition, and I think I've just tried to distance myself from them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, you, you'll get the people who are team players and you'll get the people who, who simply aren't. And, you know, I think that's going to be prevalent in, in any hobby, you know. But it's it's nice to see that sort of the community side of it has definitely been strengthened and bolstered by that movement, you know. And, yeah, the movement has had its uh, its wobbles and its witch hunts and its all sorts of crazy sort of drama or entertainment. And sort of, you know, you, you started to get more people sort of creating causes and, and stuff like that, which yeah. you could say it has its positive and negative swing, but at the end of the day, it adds such a huge element to the community or to the hobby. And, you know, it, it brings in so much more, I don't, a, a personal aspect, I think. Like, I felt there was a lot of personal aspect missing and sort of, you know, when you get content creators just putting themselves out there, it's very different to when you have content creators who work together and sort of they give you a bigger insight into each other because you get to know these people through the people that are getting to know each yeah. other if you, if you get what i mean like yeah. me and you will be on this channel now chatting to each other getting to know more personal things about each other talking about stuff and as a wider result of that is the community gets to know yeah. us better and we get to know them better because they're a part of that you yeah, know and yeah. it, it was kind of like that's what i feel really the the overall outcome of the that movement and and that sort of like that that community that's been built that's that's what's being created from that and that's quite amazing to see yeah no i agree with that i agree <coughs> excuse me just coughing a minute <coughs> <coughs> oh. good night stacy and there was a question from uh ant warrior yes. so if you want to uh, rank your three favorite colonies and explain why you like them what's the hardest thing about keeping them and they are they rare or common? Oh. Wow. Who wants I'll to let go? You take that one? Me. Oh, okay. Um so as I said before, the polyacus dives. Um I'd say they're my number one because I feel personally like I've had quite an amazing journey with them. Um you know, I've I've got to see quite intricately using that pod how they build their nests and sort of like even the crazy little detailed things if you look at how um they allow ventilation through the chambers and stuff like that by the yeah. way they shape them and and just how they encourage that kind of stuff and and quite amazingly the structures that they can build simply using their young to to weave i'd say they're intermediate keeping because they're they're very hard to start off but once they're going and you've got a good colony they are they will just go like this you you can go wrong and they will survive do you know what i mean unless you've like yeah. gone ice cold or something like that as long as you sort of maintain that rough temperature gap and you give them the environment they want they will just thrive but it's that beginning stage that's that's very hit and miss i wouldn't say they're a common species i wouldn't say they're a rare species either i'd say that they're sort of like mid-range on the sort of like if, if you're going to be importing species especially in the uk you know yeah. I'd say, you know they're more common in the imports but they're sort of rare worldwide which is funny really but yes i agree um, um i don't know what would be my next one i'd say the acromimex octospinosis again no. i've had quite a journey with them very up and down you know i've, I've I've made mistakes, I've managed to save them. They've just done crazy stuff, which is, 
you know, made it very difficult to keep them. Uh, there's been lots of environmental stuff to get my head around and, and, and understand and, and sort of control, like, especially in the summers or the winters is keeping them to the right temperature, you know, not too hot, not too cold. Um, you know, I'd say again, they're an intermediate species. Once you get them going, as long as you get past that survival bit, they tend to be quite forgiving. And, you know, they're, they're just a very impressive species. I would say they're definitely on the rare side of, of, of keeping, although a lot more people now are keeping them, especially with like, you know, Tom from, um, <clears throat> sorry, I've got something stuck in my throat. Yes, sorry. Sorry, um, Tom from giving out like all the colonies that he did with YouTubers and stuff like that. A lot more people yes. are getting to, um, experience sort of the the leaf cut aside and and keep it going and and um you know that's that's been sort of amazing to see as well so yeah um, leaf cutters are awesome yeah they are they are I'm trying to think what the third one could be <laughs> i'm kind of going for all the interesting one really like the right yeah, to the well, i think that's standard really isn't it yeah yeah i'll say right to the panera i'll say they're rare because you know they're even becoming rare in Australia. Yeah. Not many people keep the species. Um, they're not actually that difficult to keep. Again, hit and miss on the on on the beginning stage. But I think you're going to get that with every species. Um, yeah. You know, once the colony gets to a certain size, there is this sort of resilience that is built up where you know it's less likely to go wrong. And not only that, if it does start to go wrong, the signs are a lot quicker to see so you can correct it because you'll start to see workers die off but you'll have that bit on they'll still be enough for the colony to come back or, or gather resources or, or come back from whatever has gone wrong so again it's just that resilience is built in from time and size um the hardest thing about keeping them is sort of the the humidity really again that that same with all of them really the polyacus yeah. Like it's very individual per per colony. The um, acromimics, you know, you're looking at the fungus, so you know you really want to keep a high humidity, but then you don't want to have too much that they're sort of drowning in condensation. You don't want too little that the fungus can't survive. And then same with the um, right to the Panera, they they like it quite arid, but you still need sort of you know a, a decent amount of humidity for them to survive. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise they will just sort of dry out and die but a lot of that it depends on what your setup you're going for what materials you're using so like the difficulty really could be that you know you've put them in an acrylic nest and that colony just isn't going to survive in it but then vice versa you could do the same thing with um with another another material and it it go either way so yeah it's it's, it's a hard one there's so many factors that ain't keeping yeah. that trying to just put one factor in to say that's what makes it difficult or that's what makes it easy it's going to be yeah. very individual to to each person that's kept them and, and what they've kept them in sort of and and how the colonies progressed definitely definitely um while you were explaining your answer i thought of my answer um so my my outright favorite i think i've probably said it a million times are army ants i can't pronounce it ecky whatever the proper army ants yeah, Absolutely yeah, awesome. Um, very, very difficult species to keep, pretty much impossible to keep. 
I hope to keep them one day, but my plan is basically to buy a big enough house that I can take up all the floorboards, replace it with glass, and have the whole underfloor of my house as a Roman area for them. That would be epic. It really would. But that's the only way I can see of giving them enough space because they need to be able to roam, you know, really far. So, yeah, I'm thinking a massive, massive underfloor um, formicarium sort of thing. Yeah, but that would be very difficult to sort of get in or maintain or... Yeah, I, I know. And to be honest, that's why I haven't, like, started researching into it too much because I know how difficult it's going to be. But I think yeah. it is doable. You just gotta. It would have to be done right. Yeah, I mean, to to be honest, like some of the things that that they have in the wild, that when you bring them into sort of like captive keeping, but you could give them a range. But like, I don't think they would necessarily need the distance because like, a lot of the reason that they cover that distance is all to do with like the seasonal drought and yeah food and stuff like that but i think it's the drought that causes them to okay go on the move and then that's why they kind of follow life as as the drought goes and it's kind of like an ant migration basically because of the hostile environment so you know and also it's all to do with like the crop seasons and stuff like that because like a lot of farmers will use them to um to get rid of the pests, the pests they won't eat stuff, the crop. Yeah. They'll, eat, they'll eat all the insects on it so again i think it their migration all comes into play with that so you may, might not need the size but you might need to sort of replicate a run where they would have to go from one side to the other trying to yeah. replicate that that drought and wow. then just ensuring that they have enough food i could imagine that they would just go like the amount oh, of insects like you know you'd have you'd have to have like a proper industrial size um yeah. cockroach because yeah yeah you'd, you'd yeah. literally be farming them at that point yeah yeah i mean i do farm thousands of roaches at the moment but i expect i still need more yeah um, i mean my colony uh unfortunately my other half was feeding all of the adults so uh right. now there's a bit of a generational gap between new ones being born and, and young ones needing to grow old so yeah yeah yeah, see, I think I've got, well, I've got a couple of thousand in there of varying sizes and whatnot. One thing I don't do, which I probably should, is I'm managing the numbers. Um, you're supposed to have, like, two males for every five females or something like that, aren't you? I never bother. No, I mean, I don't know what I've got, man. I just... I just Chuck them in, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I just go by numbers. I'm just like, okay, so if I start from a batch of, like, 500 young mixed with like 50 adults or 150 yeah. adults or whatever then i know that i'm gonna have all the stages that i need and they're just gonna do their thing like i i, I didn't really see this whole like i i did see that if you keep the young in it is longer between um batches that they will lay okay but that's not always a bad thing when you've got like you know 25 no, no females giving birth to like a hundred yeah. young it's kind of like well <laughs> i'm not really that fast about the numbers right now you know yeah. i don't need that to speed up that's fine at that pace because now i've got plenty to feed yeah i mean i yeah mine just breed like crazy i haven't had to buy more in a very long time the one thing i have noticed is that my madagascan hissing roaches have definitely yeah. outbred or at least outcompeted the uh dubia roaches Okay, I have heard that actually that they do that, and red runners do as well. They eat like nuts. Yeah, yeah, red red runners are 
I'm not a fan of Red Runners. Really, right? I'm not. No. No, they're not. They're, I, I can deal with the hissing ones, and I can deal with the uh, dubious, but I just can't deal with the Red Runners. <laughs> brings enough, too man. many, too many uh, memories back in the desert of like roaches trying to eat me alive, man, or jump into my mouth, which is absolutely horrific. Yeah, I, I think that might traumatize me a bit as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, I was uh, one point where I was out in Saudi Arabia, and I was getting so miffed with them, I'd like taped them all to the walls. There was like, literally a thousand cockroaches taped to the wall of my body oh. room. Nice. <laughs> and the lads come in and they're like, what have you done? I was like, listen, they're torturing me. So I'm just <laughs> torturing them. You know, eye for an eye, tape for yeah. a tape. It tugs on my lip. I tape it to the wall straight yeah. up. There's there's no questions asked. To, like, I need to sleep in peace. So, yeah, so I've, I've been to some horrible places, man. But... <laughs> No, I couldn't imagine that to be honest that would be pretty nasty um right uh, my other two ant colonies other two ant colonies first well, the second one would probably be honeypots just because they're awesome yeah um, I just wish I could make a colony survive man I'm so I can't I couldn't even bring them up as like uh, that uh, as an answer because it's like oh I feel like I feel like I failed the species so much. I tried. I've tried. I just can't get it right, man. Yeah, they they are really hard. I didn't even bother getting the proper ones. I got European ones because they're so much easier. Yeah, I mean, it's just about getting that right thing, that right queen, that right feeding regime. Yeah. I think for me, I really struggle with that that sort of feeding regime because it's like if you overfeed them, you can damage the queen because her gas that just keeps swelling. If you underfeed them, then they just don't grow. So it's just really difficult to sort of get that regime in place and just yeah. sort of like keep it going. So yeah, definitely. And then the last one I'm gonna say is Canabella diversa, strictly because I I love the size of their super majors. Let's be honest, they're an awesome species. Yep. Yeah, yeah Carabara. Do uh, outright, I'd say Carabara definitely one of my favorites. Like, the thing is, yeah, when it comes to insanity, they are what I like to call measurable insanity, uh, as in you can deal with them. Like, yeah. yeah, they grow big. Yeah, they are just crazy little critters, and yeah. um, but they're really epic to watch. They're fun to keep, and they don't sting. So if they do break out, it's just like they've got these tiny little minor workers that you can just like hoover up with a, a usb hoover and dump them back in like you know what i mean it's not like the end of the world like when solenopsis get out and you start yeah. literally hearing the four horsemen of the apocalypse and <laughs> like, you know theme tune going on where it's like it's like yeah, the devil's here quick you know what i mean <laughs> those little demons running around going I will kill you. yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's, it's not it's not unmeasurable insanity is <laughs> it's measurable insanity yeah it's, no, uh, that's, that's a good way of doing that they, they are crazy once they get to higher numbers though oh, but that's when they get really fun as well man and they start forming their trails and they start making their craziness they're, they're yeah. crazy engineers like they really are like i've seen them build bridges and and all yeah. sorts of like they're quite epic little things man yeah, see, Solanopsis are really well known for building bridges and barges and things like that, but I think a lot of ants do that. Yeah, I think it's like a natural thing, but it's just nice to see a colony on an industrial size because, like, yeah. you know, it's it's very, not not every, like, if you take, like, 
Lazius, yeah, they, they, they get to an epic size, but they're not like industrial like Karabara yeah. when it comes to like creating their nest or anything. Like they will literally, you know, they they they'll just create like crazy designs. You know, it's 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 amazing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um right, so it is it is just about quarter to twelve midnight. If anyone has any last comments or questions, please do chuck them in the chat now. Otherwise, we will probably be calling it a night before long. Well, again, massive thank you for coming on, JB. You're an absolute star. Um, no, thank you for having me, man. And I really appreciate you uh, checking in and giving me the opportunity to jump on. It was nice to get sort of a, a little bit of time with the community and, and catch yeah. up with everyone and find out what's been going on because... Yeah, just everything on my side has been absolutely insane. I barely have time for my kids at the moment, let alone the ants. So it's like, oh. yeah, it's nice to find a bit of normality again. Yeah, no, definitely. It's great to have you back in the community, even if it's only for a night. Yeah, well, I try to. I, I do try to jump in a bit more. I mean, juggling so much, like when I've been away, and that it's been a bit of an insane run. Like I was out in Saudi for a bit, and then then I was traveling sort of around Europe, and then I was over in. Uh, Northern Ireland and then <laughs> everywhere here and everywhere. you know it's kind of like, I just didn't have any opportunity whatsoever to to do anything I did I did got about I don't know a minute a minute and a half worth of footage of ants while I was out in Saudi Arabia so right, yeah I, I try and throw that into I know I put up snippets onto my Instagram and that but I might try and throw that into a video I mean it's it's not amazing footage or anything because I was uh, on duty at the time, but I found five minutes to try and record a, a, a few nests. So. Yeah. Well, I would probably be doing the same. In fact, I do the same when I'm on my break at work. I'm like, right, where's an ant? Well, what can I see? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we've got one last question here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, what do we think of white tongue nests? Honesty. Yeah, go on. I think they're a bit overrated, man. They're, they're very difficult to maintain um, the humidity levels, or at least personally, this is my experience. Like, you know, they you, you make them, you hydrate them, and it won't be too long before that all dries out and completely yeah. dissipates. And it's not, it's not retained in the nest. And, um, you know, I, I think that because it's such a sharp up and down, I think some species really struggle with that. So while I would say they're good for certain species and certain species will thrive in them, and you know I'm not going to say that no species will ever thrive in them and they're not they're not great, um, but I definitely think they're just a bit overrated and I think they're just real struggle to to maintain uh, the environment, the correct yeah. environment. At least personally, that's what I'd say is that you know it's very up and down from my experience of no matter what I've done and no matter what solution I've tried to add and no matter how many times I've hydrated it. Um, you know, I find as well when, when you're heating them, um, sometimes they seem to sort of absorb the heat really well. Yeah. And, and I've, that can, that again can, can cause problems because, um, you know, it just creates a little oven inside the, uh, inside the, the nest. So yeah. yeah, I've definitely cooked a couple of species. <laughs> not meaning to um but yeah i, I don't know I, I think 
I, 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 yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I, I just think personally that I'd say that they're, they're a bit overrated. Yeah. Um, they, they do have their purpose, and I, I think their better use is like in a sort of um, like where they're used as well as something else. So, like, yeah. if, if it's just used as an option or it's just used as part of the material in the nest, and maybe you have other options in the nest, I think that could work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've got a white tongue nest that has been sat on my shelf for probably about eight months. And I keep going, I, I get a colony and I'm like, right, what nest should I use? Go through all the different ones. I pick it up every time I look at it and I'm like, nah, not today. And I just haven't had that, like you say, I haven't felt like it's the right ants for that colony because it's just not one I trust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about ants Australia, Waitong? He said he has fixed most of those problems. I haven't used ants or I'm guessing that's Australia, AUS. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I haven't yeah. used them before. I, I don't. I can't see how he would have fixed the problems completely, um, unless sort of. I, I don't know. Again, unless there's a different mix of materials, because you can't change the inherent problems with the material itself. Yeah, yeah. Like it's great for certain stuff, yeah, and like. Don't get me wrong like it's very very good for um aerating your nest like it's, it's it's one that breathes so that your ants will always be able to breathe and that can be a problem in sort of like acrylic nests or in other nests you know so it, it has its pros and it has its cons but for me i haven't had much success just using etong nests so i find unless it's a species that really likes an arid environment and is sort of you know very sort of hardy then um you know delicate species or even species like everyone said to me you know um that noda would be able to survive happily in etong and i've never never managed to make a colony survive in etong wow so yeah yeah no i think i agree with that like it has its purpose but very few <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean it, it's just one of them ones i think I don't, I don't know how you could address the issue, but I definitely think that like the material itself just comes with some issues that can't be negated. And I think one of the biggest ones is how quickly it dissipates or wicks away the the moisture, which you need for your humidity. And it does because because it aerates, it dries out really fast. So like you, it's really hard to keep it constantly hydrated. And I think that's one of the, the things that everyone needs to look at in the design when they're designing them. Is they genuinely need a massive water reservoir just yeah. to support the fact that it's going to lose that hydration quickly yeah yeah which yeah like you say it's it's one thing after another with it you're going to fix one problem we'll start on another yeah i mean that's the problem you, you create a massive you know hydration chamber and next thing you know it's it's too humid and yeah you know you've got the opposite problem mold and it, yeah, it goes mold you know what i mean so it's kind of like it's just very uh it's just one of them ones it's quite a temperamental material i i, I think yeah. i think it was kind of like one of them them gamble ones you know I, I really like it i like the way it looks i like the way you can build it it's a very clean tidy nice looking nest like i like the perks the pros that come with it but i just haven't found a way personally to deal with the cons yeah yeah i think um no i've completely forgot what i was gonna say yeah. doesn't matter it does happen, man. It does happen. It'll come back to you in five minutes. You'll be like, oh, that was it. Yeah, it'll be too late by then. Won't matter. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. I think the technology has sort of moved on. 
like they were great like a few years back but technology wise like in the ant keeping hobby we're coming out with much better nests now much better formicariums and that well you know the technology's moved on yeah, the, the, the way to to build and and design stuff you know with computer-aided yeah design and technology like 3d printing um you know the, the various machines that cut stuff out laser cutting um you know that's opened up like a mass amount of sort of materials that can be used especially yeah. if you look at 3d printing where like you know it, it's not just like pvc and stuff that you can print in like you can print in all sorts of crazy materials that you, oh, could, yeah. you can actually print in cement if you've got a certain type or you could print in like a version of cement so you could actually yeah. you know print in etong really and you never know it, what that could solve or, or what that could help or maybe if you you did a better mix or it was more of a plaster mix then you know because basically all etong is is like plaster with like bubbles in it yes yeah which is really easy to make i expect i don't know yeah i mean it's it's kind of it's just the same thing but you just add like carbonated um water to it or okay yeah so there's some kind of combination in it that that, that fizzes yeah. it up so once it sets it just aerates like makes sense oh well Right, well, I'm going to start closing down the show now. So it was absolutely amazing having you on. Thank you so much, JB. No worries, man. Cheers for having me. And it's been a pleasure talking to you and catching up with everyone else. So thank you so much for popping in to say hello as well. Yeah, definitely. And I'll, you're always welcome back anytime, of course. Appreciate that, man. Right, well, I'm like going to let you go for now. Right, thank you very much, buddy. We'll see you again soon. Take care, man. And And there we are, everybody. That is the end of the show. Thank you very much for staying around till basically midnight. That's quite a long show tonight. It's been great fun, as always. Um, It's been brilliant fun. We did. I'm really sorry to All Ads UK. He came on and then we spoke for like five minutes and then he didn't get another say. But I'm sure he'll come back on very soon and we'll talk about all his new ads because we all want to hear about that. But it's been absolutely awesome having JB on. As we said earlier, he's been so busy with work and everything. Oh, wow, we've just gone into nighttime mode. Um, He's been so busy with work and everything that he's just not been able to do much in the Ant community. So it's a real honour and a pleasure to have him join in tonight. Um, And it's been amazing. And I hope you've all enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the quiz. Um, I hope I answered as many questions as I could for you with my impromptu interview of JB. I didn't have anything written down, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, brilliant. Uh, massive shout out to our sponsors of the show, Answer Us, for sponsoring us and making us an awesome show. And a massive thank you to my Patreon supporters as well, Kevin Rogerson, Jason Walker, and Katrina. Massive, massive thank you, Katrina, for your support. And if anyone else wants to show their support, you're more than welcome to check it out on Patreon. It's just £3 a month, um, and it just helps. All money goes into the stream, basically improving the technology and stuff behind it. Um, Anything else that I need to say? If you haven't yet, go grab a ticket to the Arab exhibition, send me a message, and you can get your £5 discount code to bring the ticket down to just £10. I've actually sold quite a lot of tickets in this last week, so it's going well. Um, make sure you don't miss out on yours, I expect. 
I hope. But yeah, I'm going to leave you all now. I love you all so much. Thank you massively for joining in tonight, being amazing, showing your support. And of course, I expect you are all subscribed to the Kelowna list. But if you haven't already, please do drop him a sub and show your big love and support his way. But as always from me, I'll see you again soon, Ant fans. Thank you for another amazing night. Happy Easter. <laughs>